and welcome to A Peek Beneath the Veil, the podcast edition. If you are enjoying our D&D adventure, you can always support the show by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash tabletopnotch. There, you will be able to find all kinds of perks as our way of saying thank you. And if you really like us, be sure to stock up on our official Tabletop Notch merchandise at tabletopnotch.myshopify.com. It's all very exciting stuff. But now, allow Orba to take you away into a world of mystery with this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil. Yeah, yeah, Should have yeah, worn the same yeah. shirt. I'm not gonna really All right. Oh, damn. Oh, that was loud. Illusion Sorry. broken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna dive right back in with a recap, and then we'll head right into it. Recap. In chapter ten, a fire purpose. Yeah. Graven woke to find that Erland had not returned in the night after requesting <laughs> the dancing clam basement pass. Meeting up with Safira and Orba in the lobby, the concierge informed them that she saw Erland leave the inn with Robert the Steel after emerging from downstairs, but that she did not know where they'd wandered off to. Additionally, a note had been dropped off by an unseen stranger, warning us that Polnick suspected our involvement in an act of arson at the Droymane household. Wanting to gather the facts before approaching Polnick and declaring our innocence, we set out for the Rose District. Bazaar's rest at Fable's repose was interrupted by a knocking at the door, and she discovered that the city was paying to allow volunteer firefighters to feed and clean themselves as they worked to clear the rubble from the Droymane house. Directing the operation was a formidable elf that introduced herself as Jaywa, and Bazaar was able to convince her that she could help at the disaster area. On their way, the rest of the party caught up, and Jaywa agreed to investigate our claims that the fire may have been caused by one of the explosive runes left behind by the gentle void. When we arrived, there was little left of the house, and some quick thinking by Safira to evacuate the premises kept the volunteers from triggering any additional explosions in the backyard. With the thirst for retribution rising inside her, Jaywa entrusted us with another piece of information, that the brooch belonging to the brigand Carradine was found nearby. If we wanted to help bring Carradine to justice and help her with her brand of justice, Jaywa would put in a good word with Pullman whom she claimed to have a close relationship. Heading into a derelict portion of the Brick Rock District, we scouted the shack that Jaywa believed to be the Gentle Void Hangout. Determining a surprise attack to be the best approach, Graven kicked the door in, and we jumped two of the three men before they could arm themselves. (laughs) Safira ran to bar the back door, where the vicious hounds were attempting to break through, and Orba used her magic to wipe out Carradine's lackeys, and Carradine himself was knocked unconscious by Bizarre. Scampering out of Brick Rock before the hounds could escape, we retreated to Jaywa's house in the high streets, where we attempted to question Carradine. The thug proved resistant to our interrogation, even at the threat of physical harm. But with Jaywa's word that she would speak on our behalf to Polnick, we left her to decide Carradine's fate on her own. Licking our wounds and returning to the Rose District, we reconnected with Erland, who had woken at the healer's hut after being poisoned. Erland claimed he'd made arrangements with Robert Bastille to have a carriage ready to depart the city, thus avoiding Polnick's ire and giving us a chance to rescue Jillian before it was too late. 
We had a couple of hours before our scheduled departure, so we laid out plans to tie up any loose ends. Orba would go with Bizarra to Mr. Otto's house and attempt to swipe his mining contract. Safira would stand watch at Fable's Repose to rendezvous with Samuel Precus. Rendezvous. And Graven would follow Erlen to Touch and Go, where Michael Ainsley had agreed to trade a valuable item for permission to examine Graven's unusual scars. What had happened to Erland in his absence? What kind of plan would Orba and Zara concoct to swindle Finbar Otto? And what was the likelihood that Jaywa had done more harm than good in our quest for amnesty in Orinchuka? We find out now, on chapter 11, of A Peak Beneath the Veil. It always makes me think of a marriage. The Veil. We begin in the Rose District. Where Bizarra leads Orba through the streets that she has become familiar with, heading in the direction of 31B, Finbar Otto's home. A few moments pass, you turn a corner, and even with the stark contrast between these streets in the middle of the day versus night when you were here before, you're able to discern that you're coming up on the residence. You have a moment as you walk in that direction. Okay, so I'm assuming you have a plan. Thank you. I have slept on it, and I've thought about things completely. Okay. So I was thinking, um, since Jaywa has made it known that there is a fire brewing throughout the city, and we don't really know the cause, we make up some sort of reason to suspect that we need to inspect each home for fire starters. Yes, I think that's a great idea. Okay, so you, because you're dressed like a wizard, of course, and me as a soldier, mm-hmm. um, we say we're in it together. You are the magic and I am the guard. Okay. Um, how about, in order to get the paper, we say that certain papers are suspected to have caused fire that have been at homes. And we, um, have to look through all of his belongings. I think that's a really good idea because um, when we gave the gentle boy the favor, um, one of the mages lit it up and it's not like the paper lit up on its own, but we could say that there's some kind of fancy magic that you could put onto a piece of paper to make it go boom whenever you want. That's perfect. Yes, I think that's a really good idea. And knowing that he's just a simple businessman, I think that uh, we might be able to convince him of such. Yes, I think if we pretend like the stakes are really high and his beautiful little home is about to get go, you know, blown up, maybe he'll he'll be receptive. I think so. Anything we can do to avoid a fight, I think, might be the best idea. I would love to not fight, please. That's yes. fine. Wonderful. Fair enough. <laughs> So, I just say we go for it. I mean, what else could we have to lose? Yes, um, I can't think of anything else that we would need to cover. And you I guys think... are walking and talking while this is... Yeah. Yeah. And I think as soon as we get the contract, we find a messenger to get it. We're straight to Iris. Sure, yes, we can do that. If we get it quick enough, maybe she can get us back the money in time before we leave and find Erlen. Yes, well, let's keep our fingers crossed there. I think we could do it. I believe in us. I think we should go. <laughs> okay. And with confidence about <laughs> oh the two God. of them approach 31B. And you see the same gate that has the sort of horse design in the in the iron wrought fence. It's closed, but it doesn't seem to be locked in any particular way that it's immediately apparent. And you guys have walked up to it. You start to push the gate? Yeah. Right, so as you start to push the gate, 
you can see through and you can see that the front yard now in the daytime is a very impressive garden area. It's been sort of meticulously attended to, sort of brightly colored flowers, there's neatly trimmed hedges sort of lining a lot of the a lot of the yard. And you hear a little like rustling in in some of the hedges. Mm. And as you push on the fence, you start to hear a little little growling. Do you continue to push the fence? Do you see any sort of call button or uh, guard around here? Yeah, you can we look around? don't see it. What are you looking, you're looking for? Uh, like someone to like announce us. No, you don't see a person currently? Well, I guess there's only one way to just tread lightly and hope that uh, we don't get attacked. And as you're talking, you can see sort of one dog, <laughs> one leg, and another one kind of peek out from behind one of the hedges and sort of gives you like a low growl. Is it a big dog? It's a reasonable medium to big dog. How far away is he? He's probably 20 feet away from you. Uh, can I I cast Mage Hand above the dog and try to start like scratching the dog? (laughs) Yes, you can. Good thinking, love. I'm gonna gonna cast it and just have it just right over his head. Grace the hand it sort of gently and he doesn't see it because he's kind of focused on the two of you and it starts to scratch and he kind of And it calms a little bit. And a second dog emerges oh, and kind of and starts to bark a little bit. You and finally one of those hands or one. As you guys are there, you see the door open. Oh, great. And a man emerges. And he sort of pushes the door open and he's got for a house that's this nice, fairly modest clothing. And he has a simple sort of metal cane that he oh. uses to support one, sort of one side. He's sort of walking forward, not... On not, descent. And he sort of takes a couple steps and... Episcopal! Inside, now! And the two dogs kind of... They scatter through the bushes. I am sorry about my dogs. Since the fire last night, they won't stop barking at anyone they don't recognize. I'm afraid I must apologize a second time. I don't believe I know you. Is there something I can help you with? Mr. Otto? I am, yes. Nice to see you. We've been sent by the uh, fire department. Oh, yes. I heard about the fire last night. Is there something I can do? Something I can help with? We've been sent to just check on all the homes here in the Rose District to make sure that uh, there aren't any suspicious findings that may cause harm to your residence. It's very beautiful. Thank you. And he sort of takes he sort of takes a couple labeled, labored steps forward, and he moves close. He's within 20 feet of you at this point. Moves even a little closer. Uh, that sounds concerning. If I may clarify, do you mean to say that the fire was not an accident? Uh, that it was a targeted attack? There are suspicions of such, which is why we're here, sir. We heard uh, through our commanders that certain papers might be laced with magic that could set homes and buildings on fire without anyone knowing. We were wondering if we could possibly come into your residence and take a professional look. Has any papers come in and out of your residence in the past couple weeks or months? Um, yes, perhaps. What is it that you believe that the Droymans and I have in common that we would be targeted in such a way, the two of us? Or are you checking every home in the rows? We're trying to hit every home. We've uh, spread our force wide. 
Oh, that's a long day for you, uh, please. And he sort of moves forward and he pulls a thing out of the ground that sort of allows the gate to swing open freely. Please. Thank you, you, sir. And you walk ahead of him. Orba nods and calmly. Hmm. And he kind of walks. You said, and he's sort of walking up to the front step of the house. He said um, something that had been introduced new into the home recently, yes? Yes. Um, what might I be looking for? Something magical. I wouldn't know magic if I saw it. We believe the source would be any kind of papers. That's how we believe the source entered um, Lauren and Willard's home. Oh. And the, the paper can be... It explodes. It's flammable. It can be set off from a distance whenever it pleases. And, and you said you work with the Jaywar, with the fire. Mm-hmm. Very well. And he sort of walks forward and he opens the door and allows you to come in. Thank you, sir. Thank and you. as you guys enter his house, as opposed to the sort of neatly, meticulously attended to garden, the house seems like it's in quite a, quite disarray and quite a mess. There's a number of satchels, a lot of rocks, pieces of stones sort of scattered about. And I apologize for the mess. I'm starting a trip very soon. Ah. I haven't neglected my duties to keep my house in order, so I apologize. Where are you off to? I have a mining operation quite a ways north. I'm leaving with my wife and my son. Oh, wow. Yes. When did you acquire such a uh, big land? Oh, I must have come to an agreement uh, a month ago. Something like that. Uh, so, please. And he sort of motions you. And you move towards what looks to be it's kind of a study. It has... And this one, even more so than the front hallway, packed, like, floor to ceiling, hmm. rocks, minerals, all these things. It looks like he's sort of gathered them, collected them. He has some in jars, some of them sort of laid out in different sizes, different colors, all kinds of things. Uh, this is uh, my study where I keep most of my papers, so... Uh, what, I'm looking for anything that came in within the last... Uh, I would say two months ago, at the, at the latest. <laughs> two months ago. I'm afraid uh, there's probably a hundred things in here that came in within two months. Was there anything that maybe was drafted outside of your home? Any parchment that you purchased yourself were not so concerned with? Yes. Uh, let me think. And he sort of pushes a few papers around. Uh, here's one. And he picks something up. Uh, recently I applied for a proof of protracted citizenship for Ern Chupa. I got this from Chupa Hall, and it's a record of my citizenship. This came in fairly recently. He hands it out to you. Okay. Orba uh, takes it for a moment. Excuse me, just one second. And she just goes into, like, a corner privately and calmly fiddles with her hand a little bit. <laughs> Make a performance check. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. First check of the day. Six. Six. So he kind of looks over at what you're doing, and you're kind of... You know, he's not familiar with magic, but it looks a little odd to him. She does this uh, often in every house you go to. Yes, sir. She is quite the magic expert. And you can tell here, right now, if it is dangerous or not. You don't have to take it with you. If we have some suspicions, we might take the few that we have good feelings about that could be of harm with us to have inspected by the forces. Fair enough. I'll leave her to it then. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about what you do while she works on it. Well, I am a fighter at nature, and I've been working with the Force for a while now. And 
it's just good to have the combination of magic and fighting together in one. When you're fighting fires and trying to help people from getting harmed. I have heard that is the case. Mm. Uh, I never fought myself. A miner by trade and uh, I found later on that the real money is managing the mining. So Uh. I do mostly that now. Although I miss getting down into the mines, you know. Oh wow. There is something unique about taking something from the ground and uh, making something useful or beautiful even. Absolutely. I understand that. I'm taking my son for the first time. Hmm. To your new land? Uh, To the mining operation, yes. I'm hoping that it may rub off on him. Do you have kids? Not yet. I am in search for a suitor. That's, uh, that is a quest of mine as well. Well, good luck in that. Thank you. As a parent, no matter how hard you try, it seems impossible to get your kids interested in the things you want them to be. Right. But hopefully on this trip, he finds something that he's passionate about. That's nice. Uh, my relationship with my parents was never as quite as strong. I'm sorry to hear that. Orba starts walking over. <laughs> um, this paper seems to be of no harm, so I will hand it back okay. to you. Um, I think I might have something else. Uh, and he sort of moves a couple other things. For the mining operation, I was uh, recommended a list of uh, possible laborers from mm-hmm. people in town. Uh, I asked Robert Bastille, administrative facade, before his passing. Alvin Wallou over at the blacksmith, and they gave me a list, and he sort of hands you his list of names that's in a couple different handwritings. It seems like he's passed it around to sort of possibly get any reputable people to work on this mining mm-hmm. lease that he has. And I have that as well. I probably got that, I don't know, three weeks ago. Okay. Oh. Can I take it? <laughs> I'm going to go to the same corner. Before I start casting, can I quickly glance at it and see sure. if any, like... Strange names stand out? Sure. Um, I can later give you the list of names. There's only one name on it that you recognize now. You see Krum Ansgar. <laughs> What's his last name? Ansgar. A-N- or A-N-S-G-A-R. G-A-R. Yeah, Ansgar. Okay. Great. And I'm going to do the same. Like exactly as how I did it. I'm afraid if we go through every paper that I've got in the last two months, this is going to take a very long time. Hmm. I see what you're saying. You're casting. Go ahead. Okay. Um, it's probably, if there is any harm to you, it would probably be something of importance that was drawn up by someone um, of a big name or of stature in the society. I have heard you talk about a lot about your new mining yes. field. Do you happen to have that contract here? And did you, you said it was a month ago. Uh, yes. Uh, make a perception check. Six. Six. So as you're talking to him and you're face to face, you see his eyes flicker away for a moment to something in the room, but it, it you don't quite catch it, so you can't quite see exactly what he was looking at mm. when his, his eyes kind of flickered away. Uh, I'm afraid um, I don't have that contract on me at the mm. moment. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, Orba comes back mm. and hands him this one. This one also seems very clear. Glad to hear it. Um, Can we- I get you to anything? Water, wine? I would love a glass of water. 
Excellent. Well, Walter. Goes into the sort of another room. You two are here alone for a moment. Olba, I asked him about the contract and he flicked his eyes to the right. Is there any way you can shuffle through papers quickly and magic? <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. I can't do something like that. I would need vision of it anyways. Um, but you think it, you think he lo- is looking at the contract he, and he doesn't want us to have it? He told me that he does not have the contract, but that seems highly unlikely. When I asked him about it, he turned a little red in the face and made an eye twitch. So you think he's lying? Yes. And he comes back with the bot. Thank you, sir. No problem. So, what are we looking for next? I mean, if you could... How about this? You keep saying that you have many papers. I would recommend you get most of them out because the spell that I cast uh, has a fair range of area of effect. I could cast it on several papers if that's truly how many you have that qualify. Like I said, I have quite a view. You're welcome to uh, cast it all at once if that's easier. Whatever you can get out for us, please. Any motions around? I mean, the place is packed with papers, sort of parchments. You don't have them organized in some way chronologically? There's no area that I can focus on? (laughs) I'm afraid uh, I do not organize these things in such a way. You see, it just, it worries me, sir, because... Have you ever experienced magical fire? I don't believe so, no. It's nothing to mess around with. It burns. It burns every part of you, and even the parts you don't feel it. Even the parts where there are no fire, your skin is screaming. Your bones are breaking. Make an intimidation check. <laughs> it's a natural one. Uh, well, I have to say, um, you're welcome to take a look around, but uh, I have to be honest, uh, I don't think there's anything in here that comes from someone I have not worked with before. Is there a reason why someone would be targeting me when I've already worked with them before? Not necessarily, sir, but a man of your presence and wealth could be targeted at any time. We don't want to risk your life, and it seems like you and your family have a bright future ahead. I hope so. Um, very well, I'll, I'll keep looking. And he sort of turns his back. Actually... Could I trouble you for some wine? Sure. Yes, one, one moment. Would you like any happening? It's been quite a morning searching. I'm a little light. Do you have any, a cracker or so? <laughs> I believe I have some bread, yes. That, that's helpful. Thank if we're you. going to be here a while, I would appreciate it. Great Not time. a problem. Um, it's just me at the moment, so I may be a little slow, but my wife should be getting home soon. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank he starts you. to move out of the room. We just gotta start looking. Okay, where, did <laughs> where did he look to? Go over to that thing? She doesn't go. know exactly where he is. But did he glance to a certain side of the room? I said the right. <laughs> I'm saying the right. <laughs> you don't know where he glanced to. Oh, okay. It. She didn't know which. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Based on the low roll, you were now. You were not Did able to say tell anything her. specific about this piece of paper? She said nothing specific, except it was the contract. Okay. Um. Why? Oh, fucking hell! All right. Why? Uh, uh. If he doesn't want us to know that he has it, he's going to have it hidden somewhere. He's not going to have it in a very obvious spot. But I feel like it's going to be in the study. No. Is there a desk or so? Yeah, there's a couple desks. Yeah. Is there drawers? Mm-hmm. Can I look through the drawers? Sure. You'd sort of start to. 
And there's two, one on each desk on the lower left side, that are locked. Mm-hmm. One on each desk has a locked drawer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there any way you have any magic to unlock these drawers? Can I flail them open? <laughs> like, yank it open? Does that count as getting messy? I mean... You'd have to break the lock. Uh, I guess he would notice that. We could, we, could, we could ask him what are in these drawers. I mean, he could lie to us. Yes, but we need to inspect them or else we could send Jaywa on his butt. True. And as they discuss and think, uh, we're going to head outside for a moment. Oh, my God. To the outside of Touch and Go, where Erland has just watched Graven <coughs> go in on the second floor. You've taken a seat outside somewhere, I believe. Uh, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to find a place where I was pretty inconspicuous. Yeah, I mean, again, it's busy. It's the middle of the day. It's pretty busy. It's, it's the market district. There's a lot of people moving by. Nobody takes a lot of notice. Is there something you'd like to do at the moment? Um, I see him go inside. Yeah, yep, you see him go inside. <laughs> and I can see the front door and the seemingly only entrance in and out of Touch and Go. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's a door on the first floor that isn't the healer's. Presumably, that's where Michael lives. The right. second floor is the right. healer's. But I can see, like, you can as see far as doors. I know, the yeah. only entrance to Touch and Go. Yes. Graven just walked in. You can see it. Yep. Great. I'm settling in. Great. So you sit, and some of the bustle goes by. Some of the people sort of walking back and forth, and there's a guy who's sort of dragging a large sack of something by, mm-hmm. and he sort of. And he um, plops himself down next to you. Whew, he's a hot one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like look at you so much. He's kind of talking out into the sort of area. Doesn't give you a good look down. Uh, sure is. Mm. Of course, I normally work uh, nights, so. It's cooler then. I prefer the nights. The daytime is just too hot. It's just too hot. Yes. What's in the bag? Uh, a number of things. Uh, scrap metal. Got some wire and taking it over to Salt and Steel. Sell it as scrap. Do I know what Salt and mm. Steel is? It's the blacksmith. Okay, yeah, great. So it's doing it there. Mm. Um, sounds like exhausting work for there me. It is. Like I said, I normally work in the night and. You see funny things in the night. People think they're not being watched because it's so dark out. I could have sworn I saw you get dropped off right over there. And he sort of points near the staircase of touching you. A couple of Robert's men kicked you to the curb. Uh, it must have me confused with someone else, friend. Make a deception check. Oh, no. <laughs> Sixteen. Sixteen. And he kind of gives you a little side glance. He kind of looks. Hmm. Guess you're not the person I'm looking for, then. And he picks up his thing. And he, and he takes a sack. And he begins to walk away. Sort of sh- sh- shuffling away with the bag. Great. Does it, does it seem like, based on the sound that the sack made when he like picked it up does it seem like it was actually scrap metal uh it's hard it made a little bit of yeah clanking and like it looks heavy it, it, didn't, it wasn't obviously not no scrap it, metal it, yes it looks like there was something to that effect yeah. heavy object heavy pieces of... I'm, um, great i'm, I'm gonna go away. away and we'll move over to 
<laughs> the inside. Oh, I'm touch and go for a is moment. Is he still alive? Did you say is he still alive? Yeah. Yes. And let me get the right music. Um, so you enter through the door, and it's quiet at this time of day. You don't see anything immediately. You sort of trepidatiously step forward into the waiting area. And little's changed since you were last there. It's quiet. You hear a low conversation coming from the back area behind a curtain. And after a couple moments, the curtain slides away. And you see Michael there. It's with another man whose arm is in a sling. And he's speaking to the other man. You can kind of hear him as they come out. Well, make sure to come back tomorrow so I can change the dressing. And if you see any signs of infection, you should return immediately. Any pus or fluid coming from the wound, any loss of sensation in the area, fever, chills, anything like that. And if you... He sort of sees you standing in the waiting room. You know, um... You should come back uh, later tomorrow, just in case. But uh, if you got to come back today, make sure you go see uh, Kurt. He's over at Chupa Hall seeing some of the bodies. He can help you. And he kind of quickly ushers him out. Hello. Hello, Michael. Um, if you'll wait just a moment while I see something. What is and he it? reaches behind... Um, one of the chairs in the waiting room takes out like a small wooden plank and he gently sort of dusts it off and he heads outside from where he opens the door and he heads outside and you can see this you see Michael come out of the out of touch and go and he walks down the stairs and he goes up to the post that says touch and go where the touch and go sign is hanging and he sort of holds it up and it's got two brass rings that he sort of puts on one peg and then on the other and you can read it it says closed and smiles <clears throat> and he walks back up into touch and go. And he closes the door behind him. And he sort of locks it with a simple, not a heavy lock, just a simple hook and eyelash kind of lock. It's very hard for me to tell um, if your friend is in serious trouble or if he is the trouble. <laughs> that is a very good question. He has managed to make it seem that we are all in trouble. Do you believe that he either has your best interests at heart or more likely that your interests in his align at this particular moment? It is my hope that they align. I don't know how much he's told you, but... I agreed to give him an item of some value in exchange for an hour of your time. But it's important to understand that none of this happens without your permission. If you've been unjustly coerced here in some way, you just say the word. We'll wait an hour. I'll give your friend a fake chess piece. And hopefully that will buy you some time. What? I do appreciate your candor and your willingness to, I believe, help us. I don't fully know what it is that my associate has volunteered me for here. 
but you have helped me in the past, and if there's some way that I can help you, I, I suppose I'm willing to do that. Well, I am happy to explain. And you get the sense, as he begins to talk, that despite the sort of clandestine nature and the gravity of the conversation, almost the slightest bit of excitement or enthusiasm Aww. coming from Michael. Mm -hmm. What I have in mind is a bit unorthodox. Now, the scars that you have are magical in origin, correct? I believe so, yes. I'd like to make a number of small incisions on just the surface layer of the skin. There are a bit of, bit of bleeding and some pain, but I've theorized a way to extract remaining bits of magical essence that have been built up in the scar tissue. And in doing so, may enable you to draw on a pool of energy that you didn't even know you had. And once the cuts are made and we allow time for the skin to relax back through the scar tissue exterior, I'm gonna apply a unique healing gel that I've invented myself. Now, I assume at some point in your travels you've used a standard healing potion. Yes. Well, the gel is a healing potion that's been infused with the inert residue from a gelatinous cube, and it has similar healing effects while allowing specific targeting of magical properties into the burn areas. I think that if my theories are correct, it could open incredible possibilities regarding not just the treatment of the physical damage, but the mental aspects of a traumatic event as well. Imagine if you could summon power from the pain, how much that would make you feel just a little less helpless. This is a little overwhelming, forgive me. I seems very technical. I I'm happy might to I ask you it step by step, but please, yes. What benefit do you hope to get? from treating me specifically. I'm hoping that given the extent of your scarring, I'll get an idea of whether or not this gel can be used to truly heal some of the magical wounds. Sometimes a magical wound seems like it's healed, but there's bits of magic residue, harmful magic residue left in there. And if I find that I'm able to extract that from it, then perhaps I can help people who have similar magical wounds. You seem to know much. Is there... Do you recognize the patterns of my burns just by sight? I couldn't say I do, no. And you wish to make incis incisions? Yes, just on the very surface of the skin, right near the scar areas. I should tell you. You know that I am a cleric, like your father. I believe you said so, yes. Here. Embedded in my palm is my relic. So. Physically embedded in the Physically palm. embedded in my palm, yes. I just thought that you should know that. It seems like that could be a 
powerful source of magic embedded in there. Um, as we start, we'll probably start as far away from there as possible and work our way down. Start up near the shoulder and continue down through the arm to make sure that we don't set anything off. Sounds good. <laughs> Forgive me, I... <laughs> I'm not used to feeling nervous about something like this. Please, take your time. I'm happy to give you as much time as you need. Your friend gave me the impression that we were someone on a clock. It's true. But yes, I, if we start up by my shoulder. Excellent. Why don't you help me push a couple of these tables together? You're a little larger than my usual patient. Sure. <laughs> And the two of you begin to sort of shuffle, shuffle the room around a little bit. And we're going to go over to right outside of Fable's Repose, where Saphira has been sort of um, on guard, as it were, um, waiting for Samuel Precus to arrive. And you sort of lean on a fence opposite the bustling Fable's Repose, watching some of the volunteer firefighters continue to report back this sort of makeshift base of operations. And a number of people that have now cleaned up seem to be returning to their daily activities as the demand for assistance has lessened now that they've been ordered to steer clear by Jaywa and you and Steve, who was sort of put in charge somewhat. A number of faces pass by. Nobody that you recognize immediately. You don't see the face of Samuel Precus or his wife. Some time passes. Is there anything you'd like to do? Mm. I'm going to give it a little bit of time. I'm, sure. I want to wait a little bit. Sure. You wait a little bit. Some time continues to pass. And finally, a familiar face comes by. The face of Atok Massif, who you met at the wine tasting. And he's carrying a small stack of parchment paper. And he approaches the front door to Fable's Repose and begins to have a conversation with a short, well-dressed woman, who you presume to be the owner. And they seem to have a quiet sort of conversation. And he points to a sort of a, a notice board that's outside of Fable's Repose, a sort of a sparse notice board. Yeah. And he points to it, and the woman outside of Fable's Repose kind of shakes her head crosses her arms, and he gives her kind of a, reaches into his pocket, takes out a couple coins, yeah. puts it in her hand. <laughs> she takes them, nods, and he takes the papers, and he goes over to the board, and he puts one up on the board, and he sort of has a nail, and sort of... Can I see you? It's a little far away at the moment. And he puts the thing up, and he walks away. Do you want to get close enough to see me? You're sort of across the street. It's probably yeah. He's you know, not gonna. It's not, he, he won't like. It's not strange for me to like look at it, is it? <clears throat> for you to walk by the note. It's yeah, a busy street can in I the just middle of the day. Casually, kind of like walk by the notice board. Yeah, and <laughs> and yeah. you can wait a second for a talk to sort of yeah, move I wanna, away. Yeah, I want to wait for him to leave for sure. a second, then just kind of sort of make your way over there and kind of casually, just sort of making your way across the road, <laughs> and you take a look at it. <laughs> You're gonna oh, see it up on the board. No, he's got the poster. Pass that around. It's definitely a wanted sign. Oh, we can't see it. Yeah, I can't see it. And you take a look. And the bustle of the street kind of goes by. People coming and going, carts. Some of the firefighters who have finished up their day continue to 
leave Fable's Repose. It seems to be calming down a little bit in this area. Okay. Uh, she just has a huge look of relief because she thought it was going to be a picture of her bald head. He's <laughs> 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 sort of, she's sort of like, standing there. Yeah. In the middle. Um, and then, uh, what, what, do, what, do I have a sense of the time? Like, what time? Yeah, so it's been... It's been about one. You no, were supposed to meet him at three. 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 Oh, you were three. supposed to meet yeah. at the carriage at three. No, I mean meet pre. We were supposed to meet pre kiss at one. Yes. Yeah. It's past one. Yeah. yeah like, like how how past one? One thirty. You probably been there for maybe half an hour, a little more. Okay. And how close am I? To how long will it take me to get to the carriage? Oh, I mean that's up near the stables near the front, probably. Yeah. So. Twenty minute walk. Fifteen twenty minute walk. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Well. <laughs> I think I'll continue to wait. Okay, for a so you going sort of back across the street to yeah, keep an eye on? Yeah, back across the street just to, just to keep an eye on. Great. If, if As you do that, make a perception check. Shit. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I need warning. What am I perceiving? It's nine. I don't have any. I don't know why I even did that. It's nine. Oh, okay. So <laughs> nine. So as you're walking, you the, the bustle of the street kind of keeps the general noise up. But you hear sort of a, a something, and as you turn back around, the notice has been taken off the board, uh. and it's disappeared. You didn't see someone sort of come by, there's people moving. Someone is, you see like a little bits of paper near the nail where, the, where it was nailed into the board, but it seems okay. like someone walked up with it. Do I see, uh, do, can, I, can I see anything about the person who kind of walked up? Make off? another perception check. Mm-hmm. Eight. Eight. It's pretty busy here. It's hard. Yeah. There's some people moving quickly, but it would, wouldn't be suspicious for people to kind of be going about their day. It's hard. You don't catch anyone in particular. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not going to follow him. I'm not going to. I, I want to see if Freakus actually does, in fact, come. So I want to stay. Sure. Right. Okay. So you stay. And we'll head back to the auto residence. Yeah, please that so okay. I don't have the temptation <laughs> to look at it. I'd like to watch that. Orba and Bazara, you have a moment here. It seems like you can hear him in the other room, kind of getting the bread. He might be returning soon, so you have a quick moment here before he returns. We have to get those drawers open somehow. Yes, why don't I say that I casted the spell throughout the whole room and I sensed things inside those two drawers? That's a great idea. I, I think that he, if he knows that he's in danger, he has to open them up. Yes, and I mean, well, he says he's leaving soon, but what if we say that, like... You know, it could go off tonight while his son is sleeping or something. I, I agree. And we can always propose that if he doesn't want to stick around for us to go through everything, because the room is such such a mess, that he may want to take a rest or go and do the things that he needs to do before he leaves tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And he so just comes back in. He's got a plate and he's got a glass of wine. <laughs> what a guy. Please. Wow. <laughs> Finba, thank you so much, sir. Of course. Uh, whatever you need while you make sure it's safe. This oh. is delicious. Yeah. We greatly appreciate it. Of thank course. you. Yeah. Um, Orba places the... Is there like a clear spot anywhere? You can clear off a spot. It's pretty messy. I'm going to put this on the stack here. Yeah, yeah, just... Feel free. It's not important if it's all the way up there. Um... Mr. Otto. Yes. While you were away, I casted my spell throughout the entire room. You did that? That quickly? <laughs> She's very good, sir. I show you. Well, the way that the spell works is is um, the larger the area, the less precise. But I did sense in this direction, and Orba 
like <laughs> points to the two. There's the two drawers are not close, so you have to pick one. No. <laughs> I just want to gesture to the whole room. In which well, can I gesture to the desk? Yeah, but there's two desks that have a locked. Drawer. Oh, it's two separate. Two desks. separate desks. With they each two have a locked. Separate locked drawer. drawers. Yeah. Um. For ease, we'll say a left and a right one. Yeah. Okay. If you're standing near the door. And what is what is to like the side along the side of the desks? Is there any other like stacks of stuff? Yeah, there's papers, there's tools, there's you know rocks, there's mining equipment. I mean, the place is for packed. both desks. I mean, it's all around the room. The place is packed full of stuff. Okay. Um. <laughs> Orba goes to the left one. Okay. And gestures. It seems to be emanating from this drawer. And I would, per- I would appreciate your permission to search through the drawer. Um, and he sort of gives you a look. There is something in there that uh, pertains to my mining lease. I did acquire it recently, but... Uh, will you have the document returned to me very soon? Absolutely, sir. You have to understand that I cannot leave town without it. Every day that I stall comes at great financial cost to me. We'll take it. If it is of harm to you, we will take it right away because we can't hold on to it for longer. It'll blow up in our faces. And how long do you think you need it if there's a problem with it? To purge any kind of magic, we would have it back to you by the evening. He takes sort of a little key out of one of his pockets and he opens it up. There's some stick papers in there. And he takes out two papers that seem to have two sig- one signature at the bottom of each of them. And he puts them together. Please be careful with those. Absolutely, sir. Yeah. My right. hopes of my son rest on those papers. Absolutely. Of course. Orba goes to her little corner that she's assigned for herself, does her thing. And as she's doing that, he kind of looks to you and there's no chance that uh, while she's doing that, they will damage the paper in any way. Absolutely not, sir. We would never do that. I'm glad to hear it. May I look at the papers as I'm doing it? Sure, yeah. What does it say? It seems to be a standard contract. It seems to say, you know, that Iris, it has Iris Isaiah's name on it. A number of details about the length of it. it. Seems like he's renting it for three months, and has the location sort of to the north, up near Mukmo. It's near Mukmo. Yep, the, the mining lease. For three months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and so one is a copy with his signature, and one is a copy with others. Yes. So there, it's like there's two. It, it's long enough that it took more than one page. So there's oh, signature. I see. There's oh, both sure. signatures in the bottom of. Oh, the right. I got you. Right. Okay. Yes. They have both of them have irises. Okay. Um, what other questions can I ask about it? Thank you for opening the drawer, so we know it's of much importance, but we want to protect your investment in your family and your livelihood. I understand. I appreciate you looking out for that. You just, you must understand that uh, comes as a bit of a confusion to me. I've, I've worked with Iris before. I had no reason to believe that she would wish me harm. Oh, I understand completely. Um, okay. Or but has the contracts, and she turns around with a very serious, grim look on her face. Mr. Aldo, 
I'm sorry to inform you that we need to take these papers right away. It appears that there is some kind of magical presence on them. I do not wish for you to have this affect your opinion of this Miss Zia, but it, it could have been handed to her through a separate party as well. She might also be a victim. Make a deception check. Seventeen. I am very concerned to hear that. Do you think that I should contact Iris and make sure that she is not uh, worried? If it so pleases you, we you may contact her. We will. We will as well. Very well. Where are you taking it, just in case I need to reference it or come by and jot down the details on a separate parchment? We'll be taking it to Jaywa. Um, we'll take it to Jaywa, who will also inspect it, and then we'll go from there. Jaywa works out of Chuba Hall, that's where you're taking it? Typically, yes. Very well. And how long, did you say? Once she gives me approval to purge it of its magical properties, we should have it to... We would drop it off back at your house. Tonight, morning, latest. That would be preferable if it came back tonight. I will be here, or my wife will be here. Understood, sir. Very and well. the dogs? Will we be able to get by <laughs> Yes, they should be fine. They're mostly harmless. They just like to bark a lot. <laughs> Animals are a treat. Pisco <laughs> uh, and Paula are gentle beasts. Pisco and Paula? Um... Sorry. Um, are there any other things that we need to search for with this? This seemed to be the only thing I could sense in the room. If you did not sense anything else, um, unless there's something else you want to look at. Are you satisfied? I think we're good here, so thank you so much for your time. Yes, of course. And your hospitality. This was delicious. Yes, yes delicious wine. Thank you very much. I'm glad I could help, and... Um, Please keep me updated. I do not wish to be in any sort of danger or put anyone else in any kind of danger. Of course. Yeah. Perhaps when you come back to drop it off, you meet my son. Love to. How old is he? Uh, he's 13. Ah, 13. Yes. What does he seem to enjoy at this point? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> mostly seems interested in chasing girls, but cannot, oh. cannot make a living doing that, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, well, some do. <laughs> Well, if you know how to make a living of that, uh, feel free to tell him. <laughs> we'll do so. Uh, Thank you very much. Oh, no, go ahead. Keep Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be in contact with you very shortly. Very well. I hope to see you soon. Of course. And he walks you out the door. And he sees you out the door, but he doesn't walk you all the way to the gate. He sort of gives you a wave at the door and closes it behind you. We walk away with a lot of composure. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then we exit the gates. Sure, you guys have turned around the gate. <laughs> we turn the corner. Don't. Where are we taking this? Where do we go <laughs> What have we done? I say we go outside. What's the thread shop's name? Um, Lightest Stitch. We go to Lightest Stitch and hatch a messenger there just to get away from the corner. Where is the courier service? Is it outside of oh. the Lightest Stitch? I don't know. There's a courier service oh. near the front oh, of the yeah, city, yeah. Uh, Near the stables the where you guys, yeah, where you guys a took a carriage to the estate, the courier service is right near there. We can go right to the, Why are you holding it like that? It's not going to blow up in flames. We lied to the man. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. Here, here. Just give it to me. I'll put it in my cloak. So I put it in my 
my sure. armor, my outfit. <laughs> you just, like, Whatever. stuff it in there? Yeah, just, well, no, I don't stuff it in. <laughs> I that gently, was a stuffing kind of gesture. Sorry, I gently roll it and put it away safely. Sure. You can safely put it away. Let's okay. go to the courier service. <clears throat> Hello, courier, ASAP. Get this off to Iris. Okay, I think we also need to buy some supplies if we're going to leave right away, so I think... We do the courier first. How, is the courier, like... If I, if I was figuring of going to the trunk for the general trunk, traveling you'd, supplies? You'd go to the trunk first. It would be... On our way. The trunk's... Mm, it's a little out of your way, but it would be it would be easier to go there first. Well, to go if you want to scoot ahead of me now... No, we're not splitting up. Oh, okay. Okay, friend. Um, <laughs> so let's go to the trunk very quickly. We just need to get a couple of things, like a map and some food. You know what we need? Yes. Let's make it haste. Okay. Start heading to the truck. Great, you guys are head in the direction. And we'll head back to Touch and Go. And Graven has sort of helped <laughs> a little spiritual camaraderie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I sense they did something good. Um, you have helped Michael sort of push two large tables together. He's also put down kind of a thin layer of straw for a little bit of extra comfort <laughs> as you sort of lie there on the table. Such a professional. And he's got the curtains drawn. The door's locked, but he draws the curtains anyway, just in case. And Michael is seated, and he's taking items out of a very small leather kit that sort of has it sort of had a latch that he kind of opened up. It's a little leather kit. And he sort of places them one by one on the counter next to him. A couple of small knives. Two vials that contain a thick purplish liquid. And then a number of small brass rings that he sort of takes out and he puts on the table. If you could um, lie your arm flat on the table and then make a tight fist for me. Graven does so. I'm going to make a number of incisions, and one by one, I'm going to place these brass rings on your arm. It's a way to contain the healing fluid. It's highly concentrated. You don't want to spill it onto areas that don't have scar tissue, because it will seep into your skin. Do you understand? The brass rings are... They rest on your arm. Rest. And I'm going to pour the liquid. And contain it to a small area. So it'll contain it to a circular area. That's All correct. Right. Yes, I understand. Excellent. And he takes one of the knives. And he expertly makes a number of small incisions starting near the upper sort of bicep and shoulder. And you feel a number of tight pinches and the gentle flow of a little bit of blood trickling down your arm. And Michael takes kind of a clean cloth that he has, and he presses it up against the arm to sort of stem the flow and contain it a little bit. And he takes that moment, and he picks up one of the brass rings. What the fuck? Oh what? And he has your arm resting on the table. And that really looks like his hand. And he takes the first brass ring, and he puts it sort of up near your shoulder. <laughs> And he looks at you, and he takes one of the vials that sort of has a small tip near the end, and then he pours a very small amount of the purplish liquid, and it comes out like a little chunky, sort of an inconsistent texture, almost like a relish. Uh. 
And the liquid slowly conforms to the circular board, so it starts in the middle and conforms out. And as the gel sinks in, a little bit of smoke begins to rise. But the sensation is that of extreme cold. And then as suddenly as the cold comes on, sort of a numbness. And the fluid absorbs into the skin. And the bleeding stops in that area. So the, the stemming of the blood stops. And the skin turns dark. And it almost hard, feels like it hardens a little bit there on your skin as you're sort of feeling it in your arm. And as it does so, an energy inside your head seems to flow through your body and towards the affected spot. And a pressure begins to build behind your temples as if one was pulling on a string that's attached to the back of your eyes and out your arm as it kind of causes your eyes to roll back a little into the back of your head. And your vision blurs a little bit. Make a constitution saving throw. Oh my god. What? What if he's like secretly poisoning him? Oh. Oh no. Five. Five. So you feel the liquid seep in and it pulls a little harder on the back of your head. Seems to. And your vision blurs and fades a little bit and starts to sort of flicker in and out, almost in and out of consciousness. And after a moment, you look to Michael and he kind of looks back at you to try and sort of focus your attention. And you are able to for a moment. And then your vision blurs again and your head tilts back. And I'm gonna ask everybody to leave the room. (laughs) Raven. So everyone could file out quietly. This is insane. Oh my god. Oh my god. If we come back god. in here dead, I'm sorry. Uh, have your phone, I'll text to you. Okay, uh, alright. That means I can't. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't. Yep. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. See you guys we'll be, soon. We'll be down by the elevator or something. Uh, alright. <laughs> Hush, you. <laughs> And you fade in and out of consciousness, it seems. And after a moment, you open your eyes. And you're sitting near the edge of a steep downward slope, sort of mountain. You can see way out into the distance, but there's a biting cold. And you can see into the distance, but the mountainsides turn into a level ground and sort of extend out into the horizon but as you look around to your sides and not straight forward, there's quite a bit of fog that seems to be leveled around you. It's difficult to see behind you, to your left, to your right. And you hear a voice. It seems to be getting a little closer. Graven, Graven. And the voice kind of has an ethereal quality to it. You're not entirely sure if it's in your head or not. But then you hear it again and the voice has become very grounded and very close. Graven! And stepping out of the fog to your left is a Goliath woman, middle-aged, with orange eyes and a simple green dress. Graven, what are you doing out here? It's time to come in. I'm sorry, Mother. It's just... Enjoying the view. They say the snows are coming. 
cannot be out when the snow starts. Of course not. Come. And she sort of points. And as she points, the fog seems like it separates a little, and you're able to see in the distance, like a little shack or hovel in the distance. And she motions and starts to walk that way. And follow. The two of you all. Do you remember the game we used to play when you were very young? I would take your stuffed toys and I would hide them around the house. Your lion in the kitchen, your little goat in the basement, and your snake by the front door. But you were so impatient. You did not want to wait to find each one, so I started to hide them all together so you would not give up. The lion, the goat, and the snake all together. And if you needed help, you would always ask your sister. (laughs) She was always so good at finding things. I hope that one day she comes back. I know her studies are important, but it would be good to see her again. It's time to go inside. And she continues to walk. She walks ahead of you, do you fall? Yeah. You fall behind her. Raven, what are we going to do with you? Always outside on your own. Never want to come in with all of us. You seem to have a free spirit that I cannot control. It worries a mother that her son does not follow in her footsteps. I'm sorry, mother. (laughs) Nothing to be sorry about. Just something to think about. Do not forget us when the time comes to walk. And you get closer and closer to this shack. And the winds start to pick up a little bit. There's kind of a howling, like... And a bit of dusting of snow is falling. And the winds kind of curl it around, and they sort of come around you in a circle, and it begins to swirl around you. The storm is coming, Graven. Inside, and she points. And the shack has sort of a standard door with an iron rod that's sort of attached at two spots to the door, so you would sort of open it, you know. Can you help me, Graven? Will you pull the door? Yes, mother. And the wind starts to pick up. And the snow starts to swirl. It starts to come down heavier. It's cold. Nips at your skin. You walk up to the door. Let's go. And reach. You reach for the little. Reach for the handle. Great. Make an athletics check. Six. Six. So you go to pull, and the freezing cold has made the metal of the handle very, very sticky. It like sticks to your skin, and it's cold, and it's hard to get a good grip on it. And you go. And you're only able to open a little bit, and snow has begun to build on the ground very quickly. And you, as you pull it, the snow kind of piles up into a small mound. It makes it difficult to open the door. Mother, mother, help me. Pull it, Graven. Help me. Pull it harder. Yeah, pull, give, give it a, a good yank, yeah. Athletics track. 21. 21. So you give it a good... And the snow piles up even more, and the wind really starts to howl. It's hard to hear. 
and the only thing you can hear as you're sort of pulling it out is your mother saying over and over, pull it, Graven, pull the door. And her voice, pull it, pull it. And as you open the door, the voice changes a little. Pull it, Graven. Pull it, Graven. Pull it. Pull it. Pull it, Graven. Pull it. And you pull the door, and as the door opens, it's black inside, and the black seems to seep out into the snow. And as that last word, the pull it, is hanging in the air, flakes begin to come off of the Goliath woman's face faster and faster until it seems like her head's made of sand and the winds are taking it across and dissipating into the mist. And the fog suddenly gets bright and the darkness and the bright kind of come together and make a sort of a blurred gray in front of your vision and you feel the air moving around you. Mother. And you hear no response. Mother. Mother, help me. And it stops. And you open your eyes. And you're back at touch and go. And as you open, the sort of surroundings are fuzzy. And you sort of open and close your eyes a few times to catch your vision. Is, is, Michael, is Michael still right there? You can't see quite yet. And the blur sort of starts to come into vision. And you're no longer lying down. You're sitting up. And your hands are out, much like you were grabbing the door. And as your vision clears, you see Michael's neck in your hands as you hold it out. And it seems as though something's closing your hands together that you cannot control. Make a strength saving throw. Strength saving. Yes. Fifteen. Fifteen. So you fight against this force that seems to be holding, and you're able finally to... And as you pry the hands together, it almost felt like your hands were stuck together and they yeah. peel apart. And sort of Michael goes cascading to the floor. <laughs> Michael. Michael, are you all right? And he sort of takes a second and he points over to the side and there's sort of some healing potions lined up mm -hmm. on the side. Which, what, what do you need? And he points to sort of the standard healing potion. It's got a reddish color. So you've seen this kind of potion before. You grab it. Grab it. Bring it right to right. me. And he sort of, you help him kind of tip it up into his mouth, even though he's, his throat is kind of gasping for air wide open. It trickles down his throat a little bit, and a moment passes, and he... <sighs> Michael, Michael, I'm so sorry. I have to say... Of all the things I expected to happen, that was not one of them. I, I was not here. It was not me. I believe you. What happened? What did... How long? How long since you poured this, this solution on my arm? It must have been 30 minutes. 30 minutes? You stopped talking, and I did not continue. And he sort of points down, and only one of the rings seems to be tainted with the goo, and you only see the one circle on your arm. Yeah. After the first ring, you passed out. And I did not want to hurt you, so I waited, and I did not touch you. And after 20 minutes or so, you sprung up and grabbed me. And he sort of touches his neck a little more. 
father. Sometimes was taken by a force he could not control. I am not unfamiliar to this. I perhaps should have been better prepared. And he starts to <laughs> chuckle, but it hurts a little bit. And he goes, <clears throat> my will ju- be just relax. And he takes a moment. I, I'm so sorry. It was a vision. I was having a vision. I, I was a boy again, and I was gripping the handle of a door that I couldn't open. I had no idea that I was attacking anyone at all. I believe you. And he sort of reaches down and he begins to put some of the things back into that small leather case that yeah. he had opened up. But wait, wait, wait. Forgive me, I know that this was much harder for you than for me, but... Do you think there is any way we could keep going, but with a level of safety? I would be worried about what might happen as we get closer to the source of the magic. Of course. But perhaps you've noticed something about you, and you take a look down, and the arm, you flex your hand, and it feels stronger. (laughs) It feels like it's more bloods flowing through it, sort of energy coursing through it. And you've taken, because of what's happened, two damage, two piercing damage. Okay. But you're also inspired. (laughs) And you've acquired inspiration. So this procedure has sort of unlocked some power inside you. And you can hang on to this to let you know that you have inspiration. Yes, I will hang on So inspiration, when you make any kind of check, an attack roll, a check or anything, you can spend the inspiration to give it advantage. It's a one shot. Yes, you okay. can spend it when it happens. All right. And it gives advantage to that check. It's a very important check. Got it. And Michael sort of gathers up the things in this little case and holds it out to you. I don't think perhaps uh, I am the one to do it, but if there's someone who's physically up to the task or you wish to try it yourself, you're welcome to try. And he holds out the case. Take it. Yeah. So it has... You know, a vial and three quarters of the purplish fluid. And he only used, like, a few drops? Yeah, a few drops. Sweet. (laughs) And a few brass rings and a knife inside this little case. Okay. So if you wanted to trigger this procedure again, someone or you could try to do it again. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I... I, 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 Thank you, Uh, is there anything you'd like to, to just um, observe? Uh, I can tell you that I do feel that it has opened up some potential, and, and I do feel stronger. Yes, um, I have to say, uh, looking at my neck, you wouldn't call it a success, but I would say something of the sort. It certainly seems that the fluid unlocks a certain potential. I think perhaps... The next time I experiment will be on a magical injury that was not acquired in a divine sense. Something seems to be particularly powerful about that. It's a good idea. Oh, um, you've held up your end. And he goes sort of into that back office area. You hear him kind of shuffling through a few things. And he sort of 
He takes out, there's a little cloth that he has and he unwraps it. And there's a pawn there, a golden pawn with an emerald encrusted in the top. I told you I had a fake, but it's the real thing. You're welcome to inspect. You take it. I, I appreciate, I, I believe you, and I, I appreciate you. Looking at it, you have no reason to believe that it's yeah. counterfeit. I, I realize that this comes at a great cost, and it will be very helpful to us, and thank you. I do believe, despite how it ended, that this was of some benefit. There's two things before you go. The first thing is, as you jerked around on the table after falling unconscious, some of this serum seeped into your skin. It could be dangerous. Where, Normally, where? I would, uh, in your arm. Same, in the one yes, place. Yes, but um, any sort of motions and points, it, it sort of, some of it came outside of the circle. Right. As you moved around, sort of, you know, it spattered a little bit, and there's some sort of flex around your shoulder. It could be dangerous if that fluid gets into your blood and isn't concentrated on the harder burn scars, the scar tissue. It could head to your brain and cause damage. What I'd recommend is falling unconscious for a number of hours. The unconscious body will not take the serum to vital organs of your brain, so and he sort of takes another drawer out and takes a vial. And this is a bit of drow poison. It's not harmful, but it will cause unconsciousness. On a regular day, I would recommend that you stay here unconscious for a number of hours, but I don't understand that, that you don't have that time. As soon as you are out of the city or wherever you're trying to go, out of danger, take this and don't take it near someone that you don't trust. And he hands you the bottle. The whole thing? Is the whole thing. One dose. Okay. I, uh... I, I do have a couple of questions for you. Uh, sure. Would I... Would I be out of line to ask you which god your father, Donovan, serves? I don't mind telling you. Grom Legail. G-R-O-M. L-E-G-A-I-L. Okay. He's of the life domain. It's where he got a lot of his healing powers. Right. I was not chosen by the god myself, but he does have powerful healing arts. If you ever found your way all the way to Navikapura, I would say he would be an excellent person to potentially ask or administer the next dose if you don't wish to do it yourself. Absolutely, that my thinking exactly. There is uh, an alternative side to that. While you were unconscious, you spoke the name Kuzni. I assume, without judgment, that that is the god that you serve. If you meet my father, I wouldn't tell him that. free to go. Like I said, take the serum as soon as possible. And I suppose there's just one last thing, mainly because I trust you more than I trust your elven friend. <laughs> Understandable. When he was here, 
recovering from a poison. I took his shirt off to make sure there wasn't anything wrong with his body. He has a tattoo on his back, a large one, the number seven. I believe that that refers to Atonement's End, which is a monastery on the Isle of Shashi. Now, there are people that come out of Atonement's End and have truly turned their life around, and I am a believer in second chances and redemption, so I wouldn't judge your friend entirely on that. But nobody goes to Atonement's End unless they've erred in some significant way. I couldn't tell you what it is. Could be a number of things, but it's just something you might want to keep in mind. A rehabilitation of sorts. Yes, the monastery takes in troubled individuals. Are they forced, typically? Not always, but often. take note of that. Like I said, I don't like to give up pertinent medical information, but I don't wish you to be duped in any way. Thank you. I'm not sure what this has been, Graven, but um, it's been something. He holds out his hand. I very, like, slowly and, and gently take his hand and shake it. Two very small matters. Um, I'm going to leave uh, two things with you, if I could. Uh, yes, of course. This is a note that uh, my partner Orba wrote out. The tiefling, girl. The tiefling, yes. Um, trying to explain ourselves to First Spear Pulnik and our actions. I uh, try not to involve myself in matters of the law only because... I try to heal with no prejudice, even if someone's a, a brigand or a lawbreaker. And I don't want that to affect the way I treat them. I understand and respect that fully. I, you, you may send it anonymously, but if you could just have it sent to him. You wish us to get to Polnik personally? Yes. Do I have to give it to him myself? No. No, no, no. Very well. I'll give you that. Sense. And um, I also have a jar of fingernail clippings <laughs> okay. that we found uh, underground after fighting Ankegs and This was part of the attack from the other day. Exactly, yes. Um, and where were the fingernails found? Um, they were... Oh God, where were they? <laughs> I think they were in like a study of sorts. Yeah, yeah. a study, yeah. We, we, we couldn't uh, uh, identify, but it seemed like a, a, an abandoned study underground. Um, that's and what we found. What is it you wish for me to do with these? Identify if there's anything uh, uh, significant about their origins or any any um, uh, substances on them of, of note. Um, that may take some time. I'm not sure that I can do that now. Take take your time with it and send word to us. And also, um, if I don't find anything about them that is important to me, I I may send them along with your note to Polnik. Good idea. <laughs> yes. Only because I don't wish to leave something out of his investigation. Excellent. Yes. He takes the jar. He kind of takes yeah. them, <laughs> puts them down, and it's kind of a gross jar. Sure. Well, again, thank you, and I, I apologize. I'll be more careful next time. <laughs> a little bit too. my fault as well. 
not at all. Well, I'm on a tight schedule, so goodbye for now. Goodbye. Uh, you said to send word of something. Where will I send that? Well, Robert Bastille has agreed to help us leave the city. He really? I was under the impression that it was Robert Bastille's men that dropped off your poisoned friend here last night. I'm not sure if you're on good terms with him or not. Yeah, well... <laughs> Fuck. Um, in any case, uh, he's one of the only people we know in this city, and... He were does we to tend to know people. Were we to try to get word from him, he might be the easiest person. I'll try that then. Or, or I'll check in with you. I'll, I'll send word, and perhaps at some point. Very well. I should be here. Okay. Well, good luck. Same to you. He sort of starts to go about putting some things away, yeah. sort of closing the curtain. He starts to drag the table sort of apart. Yeah. Like, yeah, can I help you? Uh, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of why he's sort of yeah. made his own space yeah. and made sure that he kind of yeah. turn and leave. Great. And you head out the door, and that's where we're going to go to break. Oh, he's here to see man, it. yeah. Um, but we're going to go to a break. Thank you guys for joining us. And when we're back, everybody will be back. We'll be back. Um, great, fifteen minute break for dinner, and we'll be right back. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Peace. Tabletop Notch is made possible through the support of fellow adventurers like you. Consider subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. The amazing thing is you can do this for free if you have an Amazon Prime account. You may also follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Tabletop Notch for updates, announcements, and really funny stuff. If you miss an episode, venture to our YouTube channel for recaps of previous chapters. But that's enough of that. Back to our story. We're back. Bring them back. Oh! You know, you know. <laughs> Good continuity joke. <laughs> when we cut this together later, yeah. it's going to look great. <laughs> yeah, we could cut up the middle. Sorry. Um, great, we are back. Um, let's get a little, little classic. Is that funeral music? Is that funeral music? <laughs> you know what? Let's all make jokes. It's not a joke. Did we all die? <laughs> are, we, yeah. are we all dead? Let's hop back and do it. And the recap. You are all deceased. It's now Graven's show. Outside of Touch and Go, Graven emerges from the second floor. And Erlen sees him emerge, and Graven sort of opens and then quietly closes the door behind him. Does he? Can I? Does he seem any different from how he walked in? He does not visually look any different. Great. I'm gonna turn around slowly mm-hmm. and like just lock eyes and walk, you know, slowly down to you. Is he moving slowly in a way that seems like he's injured, or just like deliberate? Deliberate. Slow deliberate. deliberate steps. Okay. And I'm gonna come pretty close to you and just. Do not assume to volunteer me without asking again. I believe you had a chance to say no at any given moment, Goliath. 
That remains to be seen, I guess. I didn't force you in by threatening you at all. We have... Despite the fact that we have differing points of view on how to accomplish things, we want to accomplish the same thing. Well... Luckily, Michael is trustworthy. Are you alright? I'm fine. Do you have a chess piece? Yes. That's excellent news. Mm-hmm. It is. What time? What time is it? It's. Uh, it was probably a half hour after you went in, like forty-five minutes after you went in. So it's probably getting close to two now, one forty-five yeah. or two-ish. We should make our final preparations. We'll be on our way. Is there anything we need? No. But you have the chess piece on you. Yes. You said we have to get it to Robert. We do, yes. Let's go. Right. <clears throat> so we start moving to the stables. Sure. You guys head in the dirt. Is there anywhere you want to stop while you're walking or anything as you guys are moving? As we're walking, uh, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Goliath. And you turn, and you see Zerlin sort of standing there as the busy street's kind of <laughs> moving behind him, standing there in the middle of the street. Yes. I know you're generally trustworthy, but I'd like to see the chess piece. <laughs> Take a deep, hearty laugh. <laughs> I don't need to know what occurred in there, but I would like to know that it was successful. Right here in the street. I'll get Listen. very close to him so that, like, if he were to just, like, pull it a little bit out, he'd be able to And see you have it. a cloak draped over you as well if you yeah. sort of drape the cloak. You know, this shows more about your character than mine, right? <laughs> just, like, take out the pawn. Still, it's sort of still covered in the cloth that yeah. he gave it to you in. And, like, just unwrap it enough to show you. Let's see, golden pawn with an emerald encrusted in the top. Well, I'm in close. Can I see if his burns are still there? Uh, you can. I mean, you're not. Are you, you're not wearing anything that would disguise them. Yeah, they seem to still be there. Yet. Right. You still scar. I nod. Wrap say, it back up to the stables. Yeah, put it away. You guys are. We'll go back to Saphira for a moment. We'll check in over near Fable's repose. Some time has passed. Yeah. And Sammy Precus has not shown, nor his wife. And the, the sort of area has significantly quieted down now with the fire sort of mostly taken care of or people now sort of done with their part in the duties there. So yeah. it's gotten much quieter. And still people moving around in the middle of the day. But you still have to this point and not seen Samuel Pregas come by. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Um, is there anyone sort of around me that's like kind of wandering around just having a living their life. I don't know. <laughs> quite a few people, like yeah. Are living? It's the middle of the day. There's quite a few people there, yeah. Okay. Um, can I... Is there any... Like, I, I want to come up to, like, a woman. Are there women around? Sure, yeah. Okay. Some um, well-dressed ones, and you're near Fable's Repose, and in the rows, it seems most of the people walking through here are decently well off. Right. Um, so can I just kind of stop one of them? Mm-hmm. You see a woman. She's sort of carrying a basket. She has sort of a scarf mm-hmm. draped around... Really quickly, sorry, I'm new here. Um, when's the, uh, <laughs> when's the next Orange Trooper Town Hall? 
Oh, I don't believe there's another one for uh, at least another week. Oh, brilliant. They occur monthly. Sure, sure. Thank you. Yes, of course. She wants. And I'm kind of looking around like I'm going to do one last, like, please show up and... <laughs> sure, you give a good look around. And I'm give a willing prayer. it to happen. Does that help? <laughs> Rolla willing it to happen. <laughs> he doesn't, right. you don't see him. Okay, then at this point I'm... I fuck it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk towards um, the um, what's the, the the trunk? That's the store where you can get some things. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go yeah. to the, the trunk. As you do that, you're sort of walking through, and you see the woman that Atok talked to at the front of Fable's Repose. She's sort of sweeping the step there, and she kind of gives you a quick look and thinks Aww. for a moment. You know, <laughs> but she doesn't do anything, and she kind of shakes her head and continues to sweep. Okay, I'll just pick up my pace a little bit. Sure. Maybe. You continue. Make your way. Orban Bazaar, huh? Mm. You guys have made your way. You were headed to the courier service first. Or are you headed to the trunk first? Well, yeah. Well, sure. So we'll say, for the purposes, that Saphira arrives well, around the same time she's been waiting, and the three of you sort of converge here. Saphira, how are oh, yeah. you? Um, well, but if you wouldn't mind, I'm just a little eager to get rid of this contract. Do you mind if I just jump ahead, hail the courier, and meet you back here in the trunk in 10, 15? Is that close enough? It's probably 15 minutes to get there, so we have an hour to go and come back. Or we can just meet you, like the courier service and, and where we're meeting her. The stables are both near the entrance to the city, yes. Or just wait for us. Yes, uh, could you pick me up some things to take along on the journey? Yes, what would you like? Or just my judgment? I do trust you very much now. Um, definitely some food. Mm-hmm. Um, so if notices a significant uptick in the relation between and Zara. What were you thinking of getting? Just the things like food and um, some maps and if there's any security she would recommend for travelers. Sounds good. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, I was thinking about that sun and I was feeling a little badly about it. If there's Plus. any way um, you could like delivered the message to Iris as well that if there's any favors she could pull for that son, like getting a job or something, you know? You could, yes? This is a contract related... Yes, yes we got it. We got the contract. <laughs> yes, I'm going to send a message with the courier and okay. have him deliver one straight to Iris, and I can definitely add that in. That was a good idea. Great, great wonderful. Um, do you need some gold? Um, let me see how much I have. Do we know, like... Uh, of, would we have a sense of a courier service? How much that would cost? Yeah, I mean, and it's going very not very far. It's only sure. going to the estate, which is only a couple hours away. So you know, it would be a, a silver. So, oh, yeah, okay. This would be Great. inexpensive. I have presuming that you know they they have other mail going there, so it's not like you're yeah. paying for a specific well, private yeah, courier service. Their... Uh, you could probably pay additional to okay. make sure. I have six silver, was... six gold. Okay. Why don't you, yeah, why don't you just offer more money for if he makes it quick? And when you're at the trunk, I will pay you back, I promise. That's okay, I've been collecting for the group, so. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's just some food and extra securities would be fantastic. Absolutely, and don't forget about the sun. I will not. Okay, perfect. If there's anything at the trunk, um, sort of cloak or just anything to put over my armor, maybe if I need a disguise at any point or just to keep warm in the mountains, that would be also very and helpful. And you'll pay her back. Absolutely. I'm kind of giving her like a significant look, like, okay. If I get this to Iris tonight, within the 24 hours, I will have a payday. Safira's just a little protective of me, it's okay. 
I understand. Okay, so and they kind of warm in disguise. Great. Yes, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. We'll follow Bazaar first as she heads over to the ferry. Takes you a little while to walk through, but Fine. you arrive and it's it's next to the stables. You can see some of the horses and carriages beginning to either unpack or pack up as people are coming in or heading out of the city. And there's a simple cur- you you can recognize it. There's people sort of packing up packages onto sort of a wagon that's being loaded to go out of the city. And there's a man that has a sort of large hat there that's and he seems to be checking things as they go through. Hello, sir. Ah, hello. How are you? Uh, good. How are you? Good. Um, I need to get a message to the Malfire Estate. We have a wagon going there in um, two hours. Yes. Uh, is there any any chance there's a courier on a horse that can get there sooner? We could send someone on horseback. It's a private, so it's more expensive. How much would you say? Um, and he sort of does a little tabulating. A package or a letter? A letter. Letter. And he sort of does a little calculation. as said, um, it'd be... Uh, seven silver. Seven silver? How about six? Um, we don't do discounts <laughs> here at the courier service. <laughs> Official city rates. Uh, I don't set the prices. And gold to silver is ten. Uh-huh. So I have six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about we already have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have. He doesn't seem offended. He seems like maybe he gets that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually can't afford that. They usually do. Yeah. <laughs> do you, is the courier here at the moment? Uh, we'll send a rider out. To... Can I um, uh, speak to him? I suppose. And he sort of looks back and <laughs> sort of flags a guy down. And a guy comes out. He's sort of strapping on some riding gear. He's got like a belt. <laughs> And he's sort of, he's carried, uh, leading a horse by, by a rope, and he sort of pulls out, and he sees the man, and he sort of puts the rope, ties it to a post, and walks over. Oh, yeah. How you doing, sir? It's good. So I see you're going to be delivering my letter in speed today. Um, and he looks to the man, and he sort of nods, and assuming you pay, yeah. <laughs> Any chance you can get back within the hour? From the Molifer State? Mm-hmm. But, it's two hours there. You're riding on a horse as fast as you can. Take maybe an hour and a half there and back. If I slipped you an extra pay just for you, <laughs> I couldn't possibly whip my horse to get it to go faster. <laughs> like I said, right. hour forty-five. It's as good as it gets. Right, right. Well then. <sighs> <laughs> I guess this, uh, I don't want to. You know. <laughs> All right. I have this letter here. Yep. Plus, this is going to Iris. Iris Isaiah? And he sort of writes it in. Iris Isaiah? Yeah. As if, of course. Yep. And he knows Could you also mention, as you deliver, yeah. write this down. He's writing it down on To, um, accept this. And... Oh, let me get the address. Hold on. The address to what? Um, um, the Baron's address? Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's in your note somewhere. I you know. give him the address. I <laughs> give him the address. <laughs> and he writes I it I have it, I promise. Yeah, oh, I believe. Oh, no. That's not <laughs> Don't give him a wrong address. <laughs> give me one moment, sir. It's, I mean, he's got it. Yeah. You have the address. Yes, okay, you great. give him the address and he writes Perfect. it. Perfect. 
Um, and also, uh, address it to Bizarra. Bizarra? All right. Mm-hmm. She'll know me. And also, slip in the fact, and make this kind of important, that for the son of such a man that, that these papers are from, I'm delivering to. <laughs> okay. And he's, sort of, he's writing it down kind of word for word, so he's... <laughs> The son of the son of the businessman. I've written son three or four times. <laughs> the son of the man with the papers. Yes. Yes. Please um, acquire him a position uh, that is worth some future in it. Okay. He deserves that. Very well. So he jots it down a little bit. He seems like a bright boy with a good future and needs a little bit of direction, and we would like to see that happen. <laughs> Right, boy. Good future. A little bit of direction. Oh, exactly. That. This is the best career service ever. <laughs> this is um, Anything else? That's great. That seems to be about it. Excellent. Uh, so seven silver plus uh, two copper for the extra parchment that he was writing. <laughs> awesome. Sure. And you're positive you can't make it back by three o'clock. I think that's as fast as it goes. I mean, you're talking to the courier service, but the other guy's still there. But, I mean, they both kind of shake their head and shrug. I mean, that's that galloping, I mean, back and forth. Fine. Make sure she secures the extra pay in a separate envelope. Okay. That's <laughs> it extra, extra pay, separate envelope. Sure. Great. So you have the letter and letter. Uh, the, the return address. Uh, the son, the son, the son. <laughs> Give the son a job. Good boy. Very good boy. Money in an extra envelope. You are a vision, sir. If only you could make it back by three o'clock, everything would be beautiful. I do what I can. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thanks for returning. So he puts it into an envelope that's there, and he tucks it, and he gives it to the man, and he tips his hat to you. And he hops up on his horse, and he, he begins to ride. Thank you. And I, I paid him. Great. So we'll go over to Orba and Safira. Safira, would you like to do some shopping with me? Um, yeah, sure. So how did um go with the contract? Oh, it went so well. Me and Bazaar make such a good team. He gave us the thing. He made us feel a little bad about the sun, but we're going <laughs> to figure that out. But yeah, we did no mess. No mess. No mess. I'm shocked. Yes, well, that's what happens when, you know, who isn't with us. Anyways. Well, I think I actually was most of my, that was a bit hypocritical of me, maybe, but, um. Oh, that's okay. You got... I didn't ask you any questions, did you? Just nothing, um, personal? No. Just curious. Oh. Uh, did she ask you personal questions? Well, she asks everyone personal questions, but. Just wondering. I'm just, that was the, I know that was terrible, so I'm just gonna kind of walk away from her. Sure. Or uh, to the can I, like, store clerk. Can I just get a feel for what that was? Make an inside check. Sure. <laughs> 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 11. It's hard to tell. I mean, she seemed forthright with what she was saying. You get the sense that maybe there was something. I mean, she walked away quickly, so it uh-huh. seemed like there was something else to say, but I don't know. She didn't. Didn't seem malicious in any way. Okay, so Orba just clocks it and goes, Wait, wait for me, I have all the money, so hold on. Mm. Let's go. Okay. And the two of you, you're, you're sort of arrived here at, um, at the general store. Mm-hmm. Sure. Can I 
ask a question to the guy behind the counters or someone there. Or sure, yeah. Like, you you walk in and you see originally the woman that was there, uh, Valerie. Yeah. Um, later on, you saw Crumb, but he mm-hmm. works you know earlier in the morning. So Valerie's there and she's hmm. sort of shuffling a few things into a case that she's putting together. Oh yeah, you must be Valerie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was just, I'm wondering if, uh, do you have any, um, like a wig? <laughs> don't get a lot of call for wigs, no? No. You don't know where I might be able to buy one, um, rather quickly. Over at, um, Lighter Stitch, maybe they have a wig. What about just a really fancy hat? Yeah, hats, anything? We've got hats, and she points, and there's sort of a rack of hats that are there. Of all shapes and sizes. Yeah. You looking for something sort of simple or more extravagant? I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking for something that kind of like looks like hair. No, I <laughs> just looks like something that's like not like you wouldn't notice it. That sure. Much. Yeah. There's some fairly standard caps, skull caps, or you know, yeah, just simple either leather or, or cloth. You know, depending on how. Okay. There, there, there's like a leather one. Can I? Uh, how much for that one there? Uh, and she sort of takes it down off, um, uh, three gold for that one. Three gold? You got anything cheaper that's... Well, we actually are anticipating on buying quite a few things, so maybe if we rack up a little bit of a bill... Okay. <laughs> She's, She's a hard-working woman, Sophia. I'll, I'll pay you back, yeah. No, this is for everybody. <laughs> the leather you. stuff, you get the sense that it's a little bit armor. Like, it provides oh, a little bit of... So, yeah, so, like... Ooh. If it's cloth, it would probably be less expensive because it's a cosmetic piece as opposed to a functional. Well, I love that it's armor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, Valerie, we are going to be camping for the next couple of nights, just mm-hmm. out out away. And sure. So, I wanted to get maybe some food and a map and any other things that travelers usually get before they go away. No maps here, but we can get rations. We have some sort of stocked rations. What else did you say? Um, any kind of um, security you would recommend for travelers, like if we're sleeping at night, that the people don't rob us or like get them to our camp? How good are you at noticing if things get into your camp? What are you looking for? <laughs> Set a perimeter of rope or something? Oh, that's not a bad idea. Like something that like is attached to it that jingles if something gets close. Did you ever have to do anything like this? Yeah, we can buy some rope. Sure, that's a fine idea. Um, where can we buy a map? Um, not sure. Um, not a lot of people need maps around here. Right. Okay. It was worth a try. Um, well, for some rations we should probably buy. Chupa Hall probably has a map of the area. I'm not sure if you'd be able to buy it, but oh, you yeah. could look at it. Yeah, I don't want that. Um, how much how much food would you uh, uh, recommend? How many rations for uh, five? Five people, how many days? Let's say like three days. Three days, five people, three, days, three meals. Not optimistically, seven. That's a big range. <laughs> you got dry food, you know. We do, yeah. yeah. How much do you want? However... For four days for five people, two meals a day. Two meals a day for, and that'd probably run you, um, two gold, five silver. For how much? <clears throat> uh, for for two, two meals, ten people, four day, 40. Ten, ten people? people? No, no, wait, no, I was multiplying in my head. Two for five, which is ten, people. then four days, 40. 
40 people. Yeah. 40 okay. things. No, food's know? not much, but it'll do. Uh, do you ever know where we might be able to get um, a healing potion of some kind? You don't have to understand um, anything like that. I've got a couple just because it's such a popular request, but if you're looking for more advanced potions, you've got to go over to Theo's. How much is a healing potion? Uh, healing potions are 50 gold. We can't afford that. We have Magical potions effects. always in very high demand. Like I said, we don't even usually carry them, but we get the requests so often, started stocking a few. No problem, that's fine. And then um, we might be going up near like the mountainous areas. Does it get cold? Do you know? Um, it can, depending on how high up you go. Okay, um, do you have any kind of like cape? <laughs> we do, yeah. And you again point similar over near the hats, there's sort of clothing and stuff. There's cloaks and capes and sleeping bags and, you know. Standard adventuring supplies, things like that. And we have like bedrolls, right? Yeah, you have bedrolls on you. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you can think of? I'm gonna pick out the cape for Bizarra. No, I'm kind of looking at the cloaks and deciding how much I might want to change the way I look. And yeah. The cloaks are all fairly simple, and they're yeah. not armor, so you know yeah. they would be less expensive, but unless they were nice. But no. They're all pretty functional. Do you think so? Actually. Um, might be good to have an extra one on hand. An extra cloak? Yeah. And is there like one that would kind of maybe, I mean, I think both Aaron and I are kind of tall, so is there one that would like... Fairly similar shapes, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think you're like an inch taller than him or something, oh. but... Oh! Can I pick out... Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Oh, no. Can I kind of pick out one that looks like it would maybe fit both Aaron and I? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, seven silver for that one. Okay. And then, do you have one that would fit a um, much smaller person? Um, yeah, point. I mean, there's cloaks of all shapes and sizes. There's okay. definitely some that would fit. Can I just take, like, a simple... Is there anyone that looks particularly garish? A particularly ugly cloak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some, like, kind of gnarly, either... <laughs> The color is kind of faded and gross, like it looks dirty a little bit, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, used. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but That's she's done beautiful. at least a decent job, like she'll buy used items, but she'll spruce them up before she puts them out to sale, so. Can I kind of point to the one that looks the grossest? Yeah, it's got some like faded, maybe some sort of watermarks on it that have kind of... You know, we're this not... One for the, uh, the halfling. We're not really, you know, pushed for gold. We could get her something a little No, but it's good to save when you can. Can I just pick up the, uh, <laughs> the cloak and like, oh, I'm gonna take it, that's, I'm making it. To take that off, that off my hands and two silver. Yeah. Brilliant. Anything else you would recommend for traveling? Again, it depends on where you're going. Where are we going? North? I guess that's all. Blankets, ammunition, crowbars, ropes. Anything oh, the rope. Yes. Can we take, uh, what, like 50 feet of rope? Yeah, I'm a ranger, so I, I, I presumably okay. do have a... Yeah, you have some standard sort of yeah, hunting supplies. Yeah. yeah, so I have some stuff on me. Is there anything that I would, like, look at and be like, oh, this is going to be useful, just from my knowledge of... Again, depending on... I don't know that you guys know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, into the mountain. There's, like, climbing kits. Yeah, just the, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, that would be useful. There is a climber. Okay. There, she has climbers kits available. She has, like, grappling hooks. Hammers, okay. trap like bait, like traps yeah, that you traps. would trap an animal. Yeah, yeah things like traps. that. Well, looking around at that stuff, and I'm just gonna say to Orba, mm. I think it'd be useful to have a climbing kit. Just don't know where we're getting up to. Okay. And then a, a, a trap of some kind. I mean, I can hunt, but it's good to be able to set tra- traps depending on how long we'll be spending at any given 
Okay, put this on the pile. So I, can I pick those things up? Sure, you can take a climber's kit and climber's kit and uh, a trap. Or is it like a trap for like a like a? Snapper? It's like a bear trap. Yeah, bear like, trap, a, like yeah. an animal trap. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Uh, eighteen gold for the climber's kit. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what, sorry, what was the other thing? The, the, bear the trap animal bear. trap, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three gold for the hunting trap. Okay, one second, please. <laughs> gold and 14 silver 27 Valerie has like a scrawled conversion rate on the wall <laughs> to tell people uh, that's how much it costs so if my math is correct it's 26 gold and um what did I say 12 14 silver 27 gold, 4 silver. 27 gold? Are you sure? 4 silver. You said 14 silver. That's 1 gold, 4 silver. Oh, okay, got you. Oh, I see what you were doing. You're very clever, lady. Okay. Smart. Yes, so is, um, is there anything else? 110 cents. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, $23. What's a dollar? I don't see anything else that's like a ranger tool that was like gonna be obscenely useful to me anyway. Um, she has grappling hooks, basic tools, um, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I think we'll be alright. That's fine. Alright. Well, good luck on your trip. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to try to barter because we're probably not coming back for a while, so we won't be using. No, barter. Okay. Good. Good. Neither am I. Oh, I like you, Valerie. Okay. So twenty-seven gold, four silver. She counts. You give it to her across, and she counts it out. Slides the supplies across. You guys have your things. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Good rest of your day. Yeah. (laughs) Put on the cap. Does that increase my armor class? Um, no, it depends on, it can take the place of another piece of armor. Okay. We'll go through that later. Um, but for now, given what you're already wearing, it's not increasing it. Okie dokie, so we go to meet Bazaar then? Yeah. And <coughs> Carol, I, well, what time is it? It's, it's, it's getting close yeah, it's getting to close. time. I think we should start. So I think that we should, yeah, start to head over. Let's go. Arlan Graven, we return. <laughs> So we have to, the idea is we have to go get meet Robert first. We're going to the stables, yeah. Oh, he's there at the stables waiting He for said us. to meet him at the Got stables. It. Okay. And I think I said that last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. All right. Um, but we're on route to the stables. You are on route at the moment, yeah. We'll say you're fairly close at this point. You guys have been walking, so yeah. Did everything go smoothly? <laughs> Not entirely, but Jesus. we're both still alive. Do you want to tell me what happened? He took a look at my burns. And he didn't ask any questions about the chess piece and why you... And why I asked for it? No. Any other questions? Oh, no, I mean, uh, hopefully we're meeting Robert at the stables and... Hopefully he'll, I assume, if he's a man of his word, which he seems to be, he'll accept the chess piece in exchange for a carriage. If what you've told me so far today is true, I believe so. There's no reason to lie about that. We'll see. 
You guys continue to walk through. <laughs> yes, monk. What do you know of the um, Thunderbeast Bavarians? Not much. I certainly have not fought them personally. Do you have a relationship with them? Relationship? Do they have relationships? Don't have you you've encountered them before? No. <clears throat> I haven't. Make sure you guys are talking about the same. You're not talking about the. I'm not talking about the Black Line. Traffic. The Black Line oh, is the ones that suppose they've captured Jillian. Okay. And you, I'm asking about the Thunder Beast. You would have heard of them, but you don't. You have not dealt with them. I do not know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, not funny. I don't know. I don't have any relationship with them. Alright. Our relationship with the Thunder Beast tribe could be useful. How? They may be able to hold up the Black Lion tribe and allow us to get to the quicker. Is that something that we could quickly... We wouldn't be able to forge a relationship forge, with no. the Thunder Beast tribe in this particular moment, but All right. you... I know you have dealt in hunting and trading and thought you may have encountered them in, mm. in the past. Mm. Unfortunately, no. Alright. Do you speak the barbarian language? No, no. <laughs> I don't think I, I speak giant. Yeah, yeah, but that's not. Do I? <laughs> Hopefully, one of one of us do. That will make a potential negotiation possible rather than strictly attacking them. Mm. Well, we're trying to intercept them en route. Yes. Right. Um, but you were told that very few of them speak the common tongue. So, yeah. if you wanted to speak to them, you need someone who can speak to them. Mm. Some of them speak the common tongue, but it's rare. Yeah. What time is it, roughly? Ish? You guys are probably a half hour, maybe less, from meeting time. Do you think Robert would know anyone? <clears throat> Perhaps, but I mean, we wouldn't be able to convince anyone to travel with us indefinitely. True. I mean, all of us have <clears throat> some sort of vested interest in finding Jillian, and hopefully one of us either know the Thunder Beast tribe or can speak barbarian or, or, or both. Why, how do you know that they had, uh, could speak to the... What are the two different... <laughs> the Black Lion Black is line, the one Black that line. captured Jillian. Thunder Beast. Thunder Beast. Thunder Beast, Black Lion. Um, yeah, Thunder Beast. Why, why do you... Uh, uh, I was going to explain this... They... All, I was going to explain this all at once when we're all here, but mm-hmm. um, I do believe there is... I know, according to Robert, there's a way for us to intercept the Black Lion tribe. Right. And in order to do that, delaying them would obviously be quite useful. Right? Yes. And, and allegedly the Thunder Beast tribe runs or has a heavy presence at one of the checkpoints. Hmm. And it would just be easier if they were on our side. If we had a, if we had a relationship with them already, it seems like they would be much more likely to do us a favor. Well, I wish that I did, but... As you guys are walking, man steps sort of into the center of the road mm-hmm. that's wearing the blue and white colors of the militia. Mm-hmm. And he steps out. Oh! Oh! And he comes closer to the two of you. And he walks up. You don't recognize him. And he leans towards Ireland a little bit. I heard you had a little bit of a falling out with Robert the Steel. Can I hear this? Yeah, I mean, you're right there. It's not my place to talk about these sorts of things in public, friend. 
Yeah. Normally I wouldn't, but it's difficult to talk anywhere about Robert without him hearing. I thought maybe in the light of day it would be the safest. Um, are his hands anywhere near his weapon? No. Great. He has a sword on his belt, but, but he's, he's not, not He's not holding I would like to pay careful attention. Sure, <laughs> since I got shanked that one time. <laughs> very careful. And, um, is the. What do you want to talk about in broad daylight? I'm sorry, do you know this man? I do not. Who are you? That's not important. What's important is. John Void is uh, looking for people in positions of formal relations with Robert Bastille. For what? Depends on whether or not you're still on good relations with Robert Bastille. What are you proposing, friend? I think that the Gentle Void has been looking to have a larger presence in Orin Trooper. A presence that is stymied somewhat by Robert and his men. Is that something that might interest you? What's in it for? What would be in it for us? Wealth, power, perhaps supplanting the current administration in Orange Trooper. How about this, friend? I don't feel comfortable talking about this now. But if you meet me at the Gogan Pit this evening, we can discuss further. Fair enough. Seven, eight, eight o'clock, something like that. Make it nine. No one is. Name sort of nods. He steps back and he begins to walk away. I hope that you were just deflecting there. For once, I think one of my mistruths may have benefited you, friend. <laughs> <clears throat> you don't obviously don't intend to meet with him. I know very little about the gentle void, but the little that I do know, I don't like. Would you please answer my question? You don't plan on meeting him, do you? No. <laughs> okay, I good. Intend... <laughs> I intend on taking a carriage at 3 p.m. Fantastic. That's all I was asking. Oh. And you guys be along? <laughs> and now, maybe ten minutes till the sort of loose deadline that Robert gave you, three o'clock. You've all converged around the sort of stable courier area in a similar sort of spot. You guys you guys see Erlen and Graven coming. Bizarre has been waiting there sort of at the courier service. Hello, friends. Hello. Were you successful in your little adventure? I'd say we were very successful. So you have a chest piece? Yeah. It's in transit. It's in transit. To where exactly? To where it's supposed to go. Your home? Oh, it's okay. Um, oh, I got you um, a thing. I got you a cloak. Yeah, Thank you did. so much. It and I nice made a special note that the courier accepted graciously to tell Iris mm. that she should grant uh, Mr. Otto's um, son. Mm. With a fine position. Oh, good. Yes, I'm sure that will go very well. I do as well. I take out the cloak and I hand it to her. How much do I owe you? Don't worry about it. Was it expensive? <laughs> Looks at Safira. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, five gold. 
crouching. Five gold, can I see it? <laughs> yeah, I get it to you. You showed it. This was five gold. <laughs> yeah, it was. Make a deception check. <laughs> oh my god. Twenty. <laughs> I mean... Can she... I... Can I... Fight her on that? Make, it, <laughs> make an inside check. I mean, if you roll anything but a nat 20, you're going to think that she's still in the truth. Nat 20, baby. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, she gives no indication whatsoever that Dang. she's lying. Orba, since you're the one that fronted the money. Orba starts to walk away. Heads <laughs> over to Grey. Five gold, please. Oh, Orba. I don't oh, believe I asked wait, you to buy it from me. her for money? Yeah. She I said, said she'd pay you back if she's a woman of her word. Well, she'd give me five gold. So clear, it's okay. Again, may I... For one moment, as you just said, I'd say I'd pay all the back. So give you the money. Right. Does not seem appropriate. But the cloak was worth five gold. Right. So, so when five gold. I ask Orba how much she paid for it, she can answer me. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Do you, do you I... all mind if we yes. worry about this maybe later? Perhaps we have the... several it's days. It's none of her business, to be honest. It's going to be a very long journey. I don't understand why she's getting did you, so It's like been a while before y'all been together. The two of you like come up on the. I didn't think there was any poor. Did you collect the riches in addition to the chess pieces? It's crossed? being sent to me. He couldn't get it back in Where time. Where is it being sent to? The residence. And why do you care? Because you promised us riches in order to help us on our journey. It will be delivered. I he couldn't her. get back in time. Yes, so. I trust her, but guess what? I also went shopping and I got us rations for our journey. And I also got, um, we got the climbing kit and we got mm-hmm. some other security measures for our travels. Before Robert gets here, I suppose I should let you know where we're going and what we're doing. That'd be helpful, Erlen. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I think that's yes. probably a given, sure. All right. Hi, Graven. Hello, Orba. Hi. How are you? Well, I missed okay. all of you greatly. Um... I don't understand why it's so crazy. Is yes. there a problem? No, Have keep they? going, please. Everyone's kind of like, no. <laughs> 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 Alright, as I said, the objective is to rescue Jillian before she gets to the Shocky Mountains. She's been taken by what we know as the Black Lion Tribe. Um, it seems like this tribe has been known to practice necromancy. Mm. Oh, God. Say the name one more time, Black, Black Lion Black Tribe. Um, they seem to have taken Jillian prisoner and are taking her back to the stronghold in the Sharky Mountains. And how long before she gets there to the stronghold? One and a half to three days. However, depending on how fast they're going. Depending on how fast they're going. And also, which route they decide to take. It is, we don't know which route we're... we have an We have a guess. What exactly are we going on? Let, so there let, are, let, let him finish. It seems like there are two. There is a river before the Sharky Mountains. If you're traveling no, north from Orinchupa, it seems like the Western Pass would take much, much longer, and thus they will likely take the Eastern Pass. It's called the East Pukara Crossing. Okay. Right? Pukara is the name of the river, so it's the yes. So Robert knows some people who work. East uh, Pukara crossing. The idea is he will send word to hold up the caravan and buy us some time to get to Jilly before they reach the stronghold, because once she's in the stronghold, I don't necessarily think we can take on a full army of barbarians. No, I would rather not. 
Um, the Black Lion tribe seems to be, uh, we, we were all here for this when we spoke with Armand, but the Black Lion tribe seems to be, um, dealing with the Gentle Void and perhaps even Guy Lamar directly. We don't know what Guy Lamar is offering them, we don't know what it is that the Black Lion tribe is getting out of this. Robert mentioned to me that the Black Lion tribe is dealing, is when trading, the common people are asking for uh, copper and glass. We don't know the significance of this, but it does seem like questions can be answered and perhaps even Jillian can help us if we can reach her. Copper and glass. Maybe those, maybe those mechanisms we've been seeing underground, but I don't remember much copper being there. Did you get the GGG book? No, Precus never showed. I waited for as long as I was dared to wait, but no, he never showed up. Lovely. Um, Would copper and glass be like common materials for necromancers to use? Would I know that? Um, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, those are pretty common materials in general. Sure, it's mainly the quantity in which they were asking for them. Got it. I mean, it sounds like that. So, the plan is to take this Pukara crossing and trust that Robert will what? Hold them off. Hold them up at the Pukara crossing so we can catch them. Do we trust Robert to do that? Yes. Um, if don't anyone have much of a choice. Does anyone have any relationship with uh, a tribe of barbarians called Thunderbeast? No. 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 Why? <laughs> Explain this to the Goliath on the way, but uh, there's a heavy Thunderbeast. Um, Contingent at this particular crossing in some sort of relationship would have been useful. No one speaks barbarian? Nope. nope. Not recently. Then, But you said Robert has good relationships with the people at that crossing. He has not some with relationships. The but with the men at the crossing, has, not necessarily. He has some relationship. Relationship with the Thunder Beast would be, would hold them up even longer. And this crossing, it's necessary that we pass through here. It is the fastest way to get to the Shaki Mountains, so it seems like that's the most likely route that the Black Lion tribe will be taking. And there are other routes, they would just take much, much longer. That's to what? The most Ambush them? Well, when we have... Stop this crossing. We do you do know how many people are in the tribe? In the tribe? Many hundreds. Which tribe? The Black, Black Lion. Yes, yeah, there's. In, well, if you get to the mountains, there's. And do we know how many men are transporting her? We don't. We also have a day and a half to sort out some sort of plan once we find them. Armand did say that it was a carriage, not like a whole yeah. caravan of right. multiple. So presumably, as many people could fit in a carriage, maybe anywhere from five to ten people. Robert has every reason for us to. To want for us to succeed, I imagine. He's, he would love to see he's Jillian. He's friends with Jillian. He's giving us a very steep discount on this carriage as a result of that. Can I just ask, so we're by the stables, right? We're yes, presumably you guys have been horses, waiting, yeah. right? Yes, there's stables here. Yeah. Do, do you, uh, would we have a, a, an understanding of how much a horse might cost? Are you renting it or buying it? So if you're renting well, it, it's based let, on how... Just give me both prices. So if you're <laughs> buying a horse, it could be anywhere from, like, you know, 40 to 70 gold, depending on the strength of the horse and how yeah. good it is. And then if you're renting a horse, um, let me do, so per day, yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at 
you know, a few gold per day, assuming that you're returning it to another stable that's associated with this one. So other major cities oh, probably okay. have a stable. So, so if you're riding it to there, it's probably like something like five gold per day, like three to five gold per day. They're letting you rent the horse for. So if you're yeah. like a rental car. <laughs> so if you rent it for a certain amount of time, it'd be worth it to buy the horse. Okay. <laughs> We think there's maybe a possibility, um, just so that we don't have to um, depend solely upon Robert and Robert's carriage. Maybe we rent some horses, go on our own. Can you even ride a horse, Goliath? Yes, actually, can you even ride a horse? Big enough one, I suppose. I mean, again, he's like seven foot two or something. He's like a. He's not so big that he couldn't. <laughs> so should we wait what? to see? How much, how much should a horse cost? Or how much should that's a lot. To, to rent? It's like three to five gold per day. That's a, that's a lot. 15 gold per day. Why? I don't know if we need that. Let's see so how what this carriage looks like. Additionally, wouldn't we, given that there all oh. seem to be places that we would like to be or getting to, would a carriage not be useful? Yeah, he also, Robert was providing you with a carriage and horses yeah, to pull the horses. carriage, not yeah. just horses. Yeah, no, yeah. To borrow? Well, that's what the deal was, so... I think we should wait... He's holding the pieces collateral until you pay him back for... With money. Well, that's what I... Do you want to ask? <laughs> so, Erland. Erland. This deal you have with Robert, did he... Did, I don't... Do you How know deeply it? in oh. debt to him are we going to be? Well, we have the option of returning the carriage when we're done, and... Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll trot right back into Urinchupa well, we and can, welcome no, us we can deliver. Arms. We can have it delivered from another city. There's couriers that will ride a Which carriage Which will cost back. money as well. Significantly less than buying a carriage. Or we For, can buy the carriage. How much? With what? We're leaving him collateral. We're leaving Robert collateral. Um, and what is the collateral? We'll be leaving Robert one of the chess pieces. A chess piece? Yes. You shouldn't have told her that. Well... She was going to find out soon. How did you get one? Man, I thought that we were going to be the only ones that got the chess piece. Look, I'm stealing our thunder. So no. concerned with the collateral. I'm more concerned with the debt that we're going to owe to a man who... One moment. Presuming is going to collect. We have a very expensive chess piece in our possession. Yes. Oh, Can I what see? do you plan on doing with the chess piece? So, Robert, a, a carriage costs 200 gold. Do we have 200 gold between all of us? No. How much? 200 gold. No. It's also more, that's Robert's rate that he, yeah, buying one outright. Well, no, that's what Robert said. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. It cost. But if you went to not Robert to it buy would be much more. more expensive than that, yes. Um, Significantly more. So, we will offer Robert collateral to hold on to until we either collect 200 gold and send it to him, or we return the carriage. Well, presuming that our mission, let's say we can recover Jillian. She was meant to pay us. I'm not sure that she'll have the resources to do so. Yes, but she would be in debt to us then, right? Yes. And if and we return Robert with would Jillian, Jillian being she would, that must be worth no. some What's sort that? of price. If we return with Jillian, I'm right. sure he'd be happy to see you. Well, Jillian... We can just send word of yes. Jillian's safety regardless, for now. Regardless, rescuing Jillian seems to in some way be able to provide us with enough gold to pay Robert back, and then you get your chest piece. I get to keep the chess piece. Well, yes, if you come with us. I don't care about it that much. Fabulous. 
Thank you, Ireland. You know, you may be sneaky, but you, you, you sure have devised quite a good I'd say I'm quite shocked. I didn't know what you were planning to do with it, but I will gladly if take it. I was it. a man of pride, I'd ask for apologies all around, but I'm not. No, I'm not apologizing. I don't think I'm wrong about you, but I'm just saying nice job this time. <laughs> yes, I agree. So I were a man of pride. So we're all agreed. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. Excellent. Thank you, <laughs> Yes, here we go. I've been ready. I've been ready since we got here. (laughs) With that ringing enthusiasm, you guys are, you know, stationed around the stables, and you take a look around. You're sort of waiting for any kind of notice, and a man in a cloak walks by a little bit past you guys, and he turns and looks at you, and you can see the face of Robert, but he's sort of obscuring it with a cloak slightly, Mm -hmm. and he looks and he points to another man that's standing closer to the gates, who's holding some horses that are drawn, attached to a carriage, and he sees Robert pointing, and he looks at you guys and sort of motions over. The other gentleman. The other gentleman, over. yes. Right. Presumably Robert doesn't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'll walk, I'll start walking over to the sure. carriage. I'll fall, I'll fall. Great, you guys mm-hmm. come along. <clears throat> Hello? Hello, good afternoon. Has uh, two days' rations included in the carriage? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Of course, it's all. Assuming you pay Robert back, he's... Of course. Of course. Do you have the item? I'm going to take out the it's still wrapped up, mm-hmm. and I just, just show it to him at first. Right. Yeah. He sort of looks around to make sure no one's looking. Yeah. Uh-huh. He holds out his hand. It's still wrapped up. Yeah. He takes it. He puts it into his pocket, and he gives kind of a little signal to Robert on the other side. And Robert, sort of with his cloak drawn, you see him kind of nod a little bit. All right. Four horses in the carriage. Robert sent word up to the crossing. He's going to try and stall him as long as he can. Doesn't know how long he'll be able to do so. Sent a rider. How, Thank you. How will we know the way? Follow the main path north out of the Ranchuba. There'll be a fork, a main fork in the road that you'll hit. Perhaps a half day's travel. Fork in the road. You'll want to take the right path. The left will take you along the coast up towards Iramapura. And the right, you can go along. You'll start to see signs for the crossing. It's a well-known passage. If you get lost, you can always ask someone. Wouldn't be suspicious to ask for the crossing. Four days to the fork, you say. How much longer to the, pe- to the crossing? Half a day. To the fork. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> half a day to the fork. How much longer? At a decent pace, a day to the crossing, maybe a little more. Do you know by any chance if we'll have to go through one of the fleet of the Broken Crowns' checkpoints? They are stationed around. It's possible. Do you have any advice on maybe avoiding them? Unless I have a reason to be looking for you, I would say just keep your head down. Make up some innocent excuse. People travel through a lot. Okay. It's hard to say without knowing exactly what you're up to. Robert's filled me in on very few details. I'm just supposed to tell you where to go. Okay. Thank you. 
is anyone else around her? Is it just us and this guy and Robert? Just, I mean, there yeah, there are people, but no one listening in on this conversation. If you're, but there definitely there's other people like conducting. Yeah, business I mean, you're near the courier's there. office. There's people conducting business there. You're near yeah. the stables. People are, you know, renting horses or what. I understand the secrecy, but I do need to tell Mr. Bastille something very briefly and in private. I've been specifically instructed not to have you talk to Robert, but I can get a message to him. How much you know you're trustworthy? I can't give you any guarantees in that regard. You trust me or you don't. Can I make eye contact with Robert from where I'm standing? He can look over there, and he's standing there sort of with his hood drawn. Can I look at him? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm going to point at the guy. That's what I want. We were approached by the gentle void. Mm-hmm. Given that words traveled around, that my relationship with Robert has soured. Trying to keep it that way, yeah. Good. We were approached by the gentle void to perform some sort of double cross on Robert. And I thought that he might like to know that I have a meeting at 9 p.m. at the Gogan Pit with some members of the gentle void. Do what you will with that information. Oh, well. I'll see to it that he gets the message. Wait, so does Robert still like us? I'll explain on the way. <sighs> and I'm gonna look back at Robert mm-hmm. and like give him a nod. Let me nod. Shall we? Let's. Who knows how to drive a carriage? I do. Yeah. Oh well. Um, <laughs> So the people who have the most experience with horses are probably Graven and Severa. Yeah. So can I kind of get up there and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's, what kind of yeah? What kind of carriage is it? Is it like a covered wagon? Or yes, it is. It's like a four, there's four horses and then there's a wagon tongue that attaches to a covered back part of the wagon. And are the, there windows and the front where she would be riding is totally exposed. Right? Yes, is exposed. Yeah, the driver's seat is a sort of wooden okay. bench up front that you would be out to people. Yeah, two yeah. people could sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying, I, I know you were recently... Why don't you pop up here with me and we can have a chat while we're on the road? I was honestly just going to tell you, yeah, it you might be worth it and then we'll, we to can put chat put your wait. hood on. Well, this debate's happening, you are silently going to step into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I was honestly just going to say to you, you, you might want to put your hood up from your cloak, because I know you were wanted, and I wouldn't want... And I'm just going to try to pop my hood up and extend my hand to help her up into the the wagon. Why not? I always love the front of a wagon. Brilliant. I'll get in the back. So the three of you get in the covered part and the two of you are up front. And can I kind of... Yeah, you you hitch and the horses... Start and I know where I'm going, right? He told us, so I'm, I'm just going to go north on this path. Yeah, you're following the main road out of yeah. Ranchuba to the north. There's, you know, it diverges sort of one off to the west and one to the north, or one to the east and one to the north. So okay, you guys so follow the main the, northern road. The northern road, okay. And as the horses kind of move, Robert kind of slowly walks alongside the wagon with his hood drawn, and he kind of pushes his hood up a little bit, and he sees you guys one last time, and he kind of gives you a wink. And pushes his hood back down. So he does still like us. And he turns. And you guys are moving now across that bridge that sort of, as you enter the city, you get to the other side of it. And behind you, a few hooded men, Robert seemingly among them, if you were watching him sort of follow you along, three or four men, 
and Robert pushes his hood back, and from out behind him he takes a bow and an arrow that he draws from his belt, and he and fires the arrow that sort of goes whizzing by the side of the carriage, and he goes, and stay out of her and Troopa, and don't come back. And he sort of puts it back behind his back, and a couple of his men, sort of who had gotten to their weapons as they saw him drawing his bow, kind of slowly put the weapons back. Was the guy who sold us the carriage one of those men? You can't tell. A lot of hooded figures. Okay. Um, you don't know for sure. Uh, Orba very excitedly out the carriage goes, Good, that's a shithole anyways. Oh, wow. And goes back inside the And carriage. some of the people sort of coming in out of the city like are startled by the <laughs> sort of the arrow firing and some of the yelling back and forth. And he had the, his, him and his men turn, and they head back across the bridge, and you guys have started to move northward. Apologies for what is secrecy. going on here. The night that I went to... So who can hear this, actually? Yeah, I was just going to say... Yeah. Yeah. If you say it loud enough, they can hear it. I mean, the... You know, you don't think you don't think yell it. Twas the night I left. Here are all my secrets. Unless you purposely spoke... Uh, you know, yeah, no, this, uh, I'll speak loud yeah, enough. At a so regular that volume, so they, they can hear you. Yeah, um, so the night that I went down to the basement, I did indeed speak with Robert Bastille, and as I expressed to you, I was being honest. He, he deemed that providing us with favors would be much too risky. And his solution, in addition to providing this last favor to get us out of Orange Shooper, was also to fake a poisoning of me. So I drank a drow potion, which knocked me unconscious and seemed much worse. We were in the Three Sisters. Why? Uh, because we were suspected for arson. Well, we had... Uh, no, his men uh, had become suspicious of newcomers feeling, uh, receiving so much favor from Robert. Oh, they're jealous. A little, yes, it seems. So at the Three Sisters in public, I drank a drow potion, faked a poisoning. Um, no one knew about this other than Robert, even... Michael Ainsley thought thought my life was in danger, as he may have relayed to you. Mm. Oh, you met. Wait. Yes, Michael Ainsley brought me back uh, to life, I suppose, or brought me back from consciousness. Why would he have told it to him? Oh, yes. Mm. Um, uh, Graven uh, and I paid a visit to Michael Ainsley earlier uh, today. Oh. He's well. He remembers you. Oh, he does? He does. Oh, that's very sweet. It's, is that how you got the chess piece? Yes. Michael Gates, yes. Um, but um, Robert's men thought that I was poisoned. Michael thought that I was poisoned. I was dropped off at the healer's hut by a bunch of men, seemingly barely alive. Michael brought me back, and we were working under the ruse of the fact that we were, I was poisoned. Is that why somebody... Oh, um, I didn't see the interaction on the bench. Mm. No. With him and... No, no, no. 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 Okay, never mind. Sorry. Um, um, and yeah, we... And, and Michael Ainsley also provided us the chess piece. Did Robert know that he would have the chess piece in order to get the collateral to get the wagon? Uh, no, Armand did. He told both of us that. Interesting. Michael is... Uh, very interesting man. Oh, yes? Yes. I hope to see him again. I hope so, too. He did such a good job on you. He did. He's very knowledgeable. Well, great. Well, 
even though you're still kind of a liar, you did a nice job. I appreciate that, Tiefling. And you're moving along. Well, I guess uh, my question is, oh yeah, so it's it was Robert's, it was Robert's men. It had nothing to do with the militia, other than the fact that we were already wanted. That you were using such secrecy, Robert's own men. Were, were well, the, with this particular ruse, yes, it was Robert's men were suspicious and didn't like that he was frankly, bending over backwards for people that they didn't know and they didn't trust in people that were causing trouble in the city. But So you believe that he did do all that because we want to help Jillian? Yes. It seems I I do trust that Robert and Jillian are friends and um, I, I believe that Robert appreciated at least my dedication to Jillian in mm-hmm. the particular moment that I met with him. Right. And here we are. And I'm kind of like, like deliberately, like stoically, like grinding my teeth next to Bizarro. Sure. Oh, um, oh, sorry. <laughs> you guys are up front, there together. I was kind of under my breath. I'm waiting for you to make the right decision and tell Orba that you're going to be paid to spy on her. I haven't decided what to do yet. You haven't decided what to do yet. Is it a difficult decision for you? It is, because it is my life. I kind of whip the horses <laughs> to <your> nice. <laughs> A little bit. Um, I'm sorry that it's a big problem. And it's a bigger problem for me because I trust her and respect her. Well, then it seems your decision should be made for you trust her and respect her so much. I'm going to make the wisest decision. The wisest decision. You mean the decision that benefits you? Did I say that? Generally, with you, the wisest decision is the decision that goes to your benefit. Well, I'm sorry that I've had to look out for myself my whole life. You are part of an army. You had people behind you. Excuse me for having to fight my way to where I am. Yes, I'm sure it must have been a struggle. And I'm sure in Orva's position, being a young girl, having people out to get her, do you feel comfortable passing on information? What do you think they're doing with that information? Hmm. I think I'm a young girl with people after me as well. Imagine that. Yes, I think you can conduct yourself. You can take care of yourself quite a bit better than she can. (laughs) Safira? I'm battling the decision in my own mind. Yes, well. I appreciate your input, and we'll see how it goes. I haven't decided what exactly my plan well, course is. Well, you're going to need is. to decide before we get to this crossing, because otherwise I will tell her. Well, it looks like I have half a day then. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Can you guys continue along the road? Um, Orba, you, you'll be happy to know that I entrusted Michael, your list. Mm, my outline. Your outline mm. of our actions, yes. Did you like it? Were there any mistakes? No, it was quite thorough. Okay. So, he, anonymously, I believe, but he does promise to get it to Polnick. Uh, as well as the uh, <laughs> fingernails. 
Oh, you gave him the fingernails? I gave him Did the he fingernails. identify them? Uh, not immediately, no. <laughs> he said he'd work on it, but... Oh, okay. can I hear that? I can hear this, right? If you're uh, not trying to uh, yeah. have a conversation. I gave Michael your fingernails. <laughs> oh, cheers, thanks. <laughs> so now it's delightful. Yeah, he's, he'll, he's, he'll report back or to us or to Polnick on Yeah, them. brilliant. I'd love to know. <laughs> You know, I wanted it. I wanted to keep it a secret about Pi, but I didn't want. I didn't. I thought maybe it would help him and not waste his time looking for a girl who doesn't want to be where she was. And certainly doesn't hurt us any more than we already were with Polnick. So What's I this? think it was a good idea. I knew about Malafer's little girl. I met her at the checkpoint when you guys weren't looking. It was the one I was playing ball with. That was Pi. That was Pi. But she said. She said that she was. Um, um, Kresimir's daughter, but not her mother's daughter, so she had to leave. Um, but she was with a, a lovely woman named Ruthie, and they were going north. Do you know where? No, I didn't ask. But I hope Polnick doesn't go looking for her, because clearly she wasn't wanted, so she needs to go somewhere else. Hmm. I hope I did the right thing. I hope so, too. Um, one other thing, I, we're, uh, uh, we, so now, now it's like afternoon and we're doing our half day trip right now. Um, you know, now a half hour ish outside the city. Um, I'm going to need to take a rest, uh, as soon as possible, perhaps even right now on the road. Take a nap. Um, it's a little more. Thorough than a nap. You need a spellcaster's rest? No, I. Oh. Michael gave me. You'll recognize this. Some drow poisoning. Say it one more time. Drow poisoning. Drow. D R O W. Look forward to an excellent headache the next day, friend. Well, it's. It's supposedly could is better than the alternative. What is the What's alternative? The alternative? I don't know exactly, but he put a salve or, a, or a, a, a gel of some kind on my burns, and it had a, let's say, an unexpected effect. And when it was, it, it, could have, it could get into my bloodstream, but if I take a deep rest, my body will be able to dispel it naturally. Will we know how to bring you back? It's just a simple drought poisoning. I, it's nothing, nothing dangerous about this. You're, You're probably familiar. This isn't an unheard of thing. He, he would come out of it naturally oh, just okay. after a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. But I, basically, I would. I need you to look after me while I'm. Oh, I don't. Boy. I don't. There's no reason to be alarmed, but I'd rather take the rest now rather than mm-hmm. get when before we get into trouble later. Okay. I agree. I will watch you. How, how, how long uh, would that put me out for? He said a few hours. A few hours. I mean, it could depend also, you know, how big a person is. You're, you're a larger person. <coughs> well, half a... Oh, yeah. Okay, a few hours, yeah. Well, also, not... It's, it's only... Just to be clear, it's only half a day to the fork in the road. Right, It's that's like not a the day crossing. and a half to get to the crossing. Right, it's not the crossing. Unless yeah. we come into contact with the gentleman. Um... Oh, so... The sooner the better, though. I say you do it now, right away. Well, I mean, we were planning on. Do you? On the carriage, you can do that. 
just takes yeah, it. it just puts him unconscious. Before you, as long as before you become incapacitated, do you have any do you have any more healing slots left to perhaps heal anyone that's hurt? Uh, yeah, I, I, I could heal. Some well, practicing Absolutely. magic do something terrible to you right now. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't is anyone think so. is anyone hurt other than Safira? No. Well then, maybe we should. Be. We couldn't afford the healing potion, so you should probably do it. Okay, I would appreciate it if that's all right. Sure. Can she be healed while she's driving, uh, driving the horses? Sure. Bizarre takes the reins for a moment. I'll take the reins for you. You can go ahead back. <laughs> I'm gonna reach my big arm out of the, <laughs> the window and ooh, Jesus and um, tear down the set. Yeah, tear down the set. <laughs> um, where were you injured? Uh, I've been stabbed. I've got. I've, I'm like I was pretty injured. She's like bandaged yeah, around yeah, the torso a little bit in a couple spots. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you pass back my um my clothes, perhaps you can see the wounds a little better. <laughs> And I just kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't care. like reach up and like hold on to your this side of your yeah. trunk there and and uh, and uh, cast cure wounds. Great. You start to feel the energy flow through, and you can feel it come through his fingers and into your body. And some of the wounds. I mean, the, you, the bandages had kind of kept it. Yeah. You know, you're not bleeding out, but it sort of keeps. And you, as the magic starts to come in, you feel them close up and harden a little bit, so like your body feels more solid. Yeah. Uh, so, 1d8 plus your spellcasting ability, which is 2. Magic and a cool offhand. 9! 9 HP. How's that? It's perfect. You can't go above your HP, right? So I'm just gonna... No, yeah. Um... Thank you, I appreciate it. Uh, in my bag, uh, in the... Yeah, there's a cloak. Pass up to me. Oh, she bought the fancy new cloak. It's not fancy. It's not fancy. <laughs> uh, and I'm kind of just gonna like take the reins back from Zara and yep. put the hood back up of this new cloak, which is kind of scratchy. Mm-hmm. But, all right. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess one last thing. Uh, you said you had some climbing gear. Mm-hmm. We have a climbing kit. Uh, yeah, it's in my bag. Would you mind? Um, yeah. Tying me up. What? Why? No. What? Why? Why? I will pull this. I will turn this around. <laughs> what is going on? Why do we need to tie you? For fuck's sake! Just can in I case. Hold? I in case what, Goliath? I'll be unconscious in the carriage. I... What do you think is going to happen? Do you think? Why are we tying you? Sophia's got like the range. I've <laughs> <laughs> stopped the horses. Sure, yeah, if you stop it. No, no. Keep riding. Keep riding. No, hang on. We're no, on. keep riding. The horses stop and then they <laughs> God, everyone, please. What does that mean? I don't want to die. It means that I'd I'd rather just be What do you think you're gonna do to us in your sleep? What well, you have to understand why that's concerning. I'm not I come on. Alright, when when Michael put the yeah gel uh, the healing gel what? when sure. Michael put the healing gel on my on my arm yeah. I passed out okay 
when I came to. No, take your time. I had my hands around his throat. He's fine. Well, mostly. He was able to drink a healing potion and... Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine, Eddie. Erland, would you I like to do the honors? I didn't feel like I was under attack, and, and, and he understood that it was just a, a, a reaction. But... No, all right, fine. I don't want your hands around anyone else's neck. What? You've got quite strong do you, hands. Do you know why you attacked him? This was after you I was unconscious. a salve to your... To my arm, yes. I was unconscious. You have no idea why you attacked him? No. He was unconscious. I think I we've been through this. I would like, can, I, can I see if he's withholding any information from Make me? an inside check. <laughs> Insight? Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. I mean, he... he Given he's sort of retelling the story with a little bit of distress, you can tell from his tone that, you know, he was distressed at the fact that he woke up. Mm-hmm. That that it seems genuine that that came to su- some surprise to him that he, you know, came to consciousness with his hands around his neck. He doesn't seem to give away that he knew why that happened. Okay. Um, all right. I, we have rope. Yeah. I, and I, the the idea of taking this is that. That you'll feel better. That I'll feel better. That this will get out of my system. It's it won't. The the salve will get out of your system. Not out of my system, but it'll get away from. The true danger is that if I don't rest soon, it could seep into my blood and into my brain, and then we could have a. Let's avoid that. Well, let's rest up. Somebody's tired enough. We don't know. It's. Erland. Oh, we're gonna tie you up while you're still awake, so you can try and get out of it. Okay. Oh, that's a good first. idea, yeah. Sure. Oh. Oh, yeah, can I use the thing in your yeah, bag? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. goes through a bag. Sure, you can take it home. Do I see anything You guys are doing this on the move? Do you see anything in her bag? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at what's in her bag. No, like anything interesting? You no, make I wouldn't know you had? No. Make an investigation check. Literally not. That's interesting. Uh, investigation? Everyone's so sneaky today. <laughs> yeah. Eleven. Eleven. Um, you kind of ruffle through it quickly. You don't Nothing. see anything that catches okay. your eye. Yeah. All right, I got the rope. Um, all right. Um, uh, put your arms like this and your feet together. All right. He does. Kind of leans back yeah. in the carriage. <laughs> yes. Um, and I'm gonna like go yeah. like full body wrap. Sure. Like, not uh, not to his neck. I want his. I don't want to choke. Okay. Make a dexterity check. Mm-hmm. A straight dexterity? Yeah, just a straight dexterity. Make it with advantage. Yeah, the two of you can kind of do it together. Don't be afraid to do it as tight uh, as you physically can. Twelve. Twelve. I mean, you rope it around. The wagon's kind of still moving. You haven't stopped, so um, it takes a moment to do it. And... All right, try and escape. Be come really, be come really angry. Me. Come get me, Raven. Imagine I just told you that we were meeting Robert Bastille. <laughs> How hard do you try? Do you try your hardest? Um, pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Make an athletics check. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I, I try really hard. Yeah. <laughs> athletics. You yeah. Said. Athletics. 
Seven. Seven. So you, you know, you go up, tighten for a little bit, and you see, and the ropes get tight against the skin, and then he loosens, but he doesn't seem to, the ropes don't budge, so. There we go. I don't, I don't foresee anything happening. It's, it's just a precaution. All right. Okay. Don't see anything. <laughs> so give me, give me the drow potion that's in your hand. Oh. Yeah, you take it. You take it. Are you ready, friend? Ready as I'll ever be. Open wide. Pour the drow potion into his mouth. You pour it into his mouth, and it sort of has like a thick taste to it, kind of a almost like licorice, but not in a. Mm. In a it doesn't taste good. It's got kind of a kind of a flat plastic taste to it. <clears throat> Stuff is terrible, isn't it? Um. And yeah, I guess it might be good to have that, so I'll I'll take the empty potion bottle. And sure, it's like a vial. Yeah, it's not like an empty vial. potion bottle. You definitely yeah. pour it all out, right? Yeah, like I yes. Yeah, yeah if you pour the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. How long does it take? It doesn't take. You immediately start to feel. I mean, a little. Your head starts oh. to sort of bob to the side. Is there? Uh, can I grab my pack and like put it under his head or something? Sure. Yeah, you can. He kind of slumps to one side just, of the wagon. Just, just, <laughs> and sh- and he goes out. He's unconscious. <laughs> Okay, I call back. Is he out back there? Yes, he's snoozing. Erland, you're back there with Orba. You are going to sit between him and her if he gets up. His, uh, I expect his hands to be around your neck if they're around anyone's. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> you're welcome for helping all of you. And then switch. <laughs> and the two of them like get up and <laughs> they switch seats and sit on the opposite sides. I sort of pat Raven's head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I smack his hand away. <laughs> and you guys continue along the road, sort of moving in a decent clip for a wagon. I mean, you got the four horses pulling it. And in the distance, stars start to coming up. You see some of the colors of the broken crown. Fantastic. Another one of the sort of checkpoints. It doesn't look as big as the one you went through. Like, that one had a full sort of tent service. Although, you know, it had basically a standing army militia there. This one seems like a fairly... Basic yeah. mundane checkpoint that's sort of coming up, but you see the colors. There's banners up there. There's a number of carts sort of stopped by the sign, and you guys move towards it. And as you think about what you're going to do, that's where we're going to call it for the evening. Oh my god. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we have we'll a tie move. and do the back of our car. It's going to look fine. We'll so the checkpoint. This is actually great because now I'm not going to be so here stupid. next time. Oh just, my god. You guys are going to have to deal with my body. Yeah, the entirety of next episode is us just doing like performance checks to pick you up. It's, oh god. It's gonna be like weekend of burning sex. We got out of our Enchupa. We did, we got out of our Enchupa. Not only you got out of our Enchupa, you've reached level three. Congratulations. Leaving the city, you've made your way there. Level up, dude. That's great. Level up, level up. That's great. (laughs) So we'll pick it up next time with uh, chapter 12 of Tabletop Notch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, the person took it away, but it's in your memory. memory, August 25th. August 25th. Next stream. See you there. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes. Join us next time. Happy birthday, Denise. Happy birthday, birthday, Denise. Bye. Bye. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil on Tabletop Notch. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend or leave us a nice review on the podcast app of your choice? There is always room in our party for more adventurers, despite what Kuzni may think. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and as my friends the Ackley Elves like to say, 
Your presence is a gift. 